This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. It is Friday. It's four minutes past seven. That's quite early for us, usual Friday goings, but there you go. Uh, JK, how are you in this completely mentally screwed up week? Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm great, thanks. I'm, I'm bemused as to how suddenly we're becoming spokespeople for stuff that, that invariably involves... Uh, a political response, which I, I, you know, it's like you like to do what Tommy T has been going, which is saying, you know, it's it's not my response here. It's nothing to do with me. Well, it is, but I, I'm not going to reply to all these questions. But um, I'm, I'm being sent personal messages to, you know, to uh, explain my stance on the position. I got sent one this evening by somebody saying, um, Russia is good. What is the matter with you? And um and I thought I don't quite know why I've why you're still a friend on Facebook, but you clearly will now have to be defriended. Um, but uh, yes, I, it's um, it was it was great fun to see us win last night. So yeah. uh, my I mean, it's um, it's brought my mood back to a kind of more balanced uh, perception. But I'm still sharing all the worries of the people that I was at the game last night, who are um, uh, like all of us, uh, slightly in view in need of clarity. Well, indeed, and I mean, hopefully we can. Uh, if not, let, <laughs> far be it for the Chelsea fancast to lend clarity on anything, really. But hopefully, we can at least air how we all feel, and I'm sure yeah. that'll be very much like everybody else. So, who we got? By the way, people, because obviously, you know, huge stuff going on this week with the sanctions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, we will talk about uh, the Norwich game, and we will talk about the presser today, and we will talk about the Newcastle game. We'll do all that in part one. But no opposition view this week, and uh, well, although. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I thought the opposition view was going to be um, the culture secretary, Nadine Dorries, MP. Well, yes, yes that's very, very, very apt, Martin. Perhaps it should be, but no, no opposition view. Uh, so we've got two parts. Where we can talk all about the uh, the sanctions and the ramifications therein. So there you go, J.K. Who have we got on the show tonight? This expanded show to take account of all of that. Well, as you heard, we have an amusing political commentator, Mr. Martin Wickham, 
Good and, evening. Won't and, be amusing that much longer. <laughs> yeah, and and a big welcome back to Martin Wickham. It's lovely to see you again. Yes, yeah, lovely, lovely to be here. Um, thankfully, I'm on medication that artificially keeps my blood pressure down, so I've survived the week. <laughs> we'll all be in need of that sometime, I think. So I could, so I could probably Martin, supply some. All the listeners, Martin is looking good. Let me tell you, it's the beard. It is the drugs, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. And of course, we have from Grissa Jack himself, man of opinion, man of knowledge, man of. Uh, in, incision man of contrariness man of contrary yeah. well said man of immense- I've, I've only been i've only been away a week has anything happened no, <laughs> no. Nah. Good. <laughs> monsieur tony claver yeah bonsoir it is good to be here and we have also um author of uh, what was the name of that book you've written mark i've forgotten don't know has he, he has he written a book has he written a book was it was it blue october was it that one yeah i think it was what's, what's it called no. blue, blue tomorrow a blue tomorrow sorry i said october why did i say that that's the name of a film isn't it no, red october isn't it? red october yeah well i was i was giving it a chelsea, chelsea. was it called <laughs> blue peter Look, that was to be yes 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 that's it yeah 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 that down shep i think as they say um it is of course the uh the excellent um Man of knowledge and mirth, Mr. Mark Meehan. Hello, Mark. Yes. Hello, and I, I echo it's great to have Martin back on board. And I think, sort of, pick it up on Tony's point as well. Um, if you looked at Under the Bridge last night, the artiste that was playing there was Craig David. And Craig David has a song called Seven Days. <laughs> and you do feel like I put the club up for sale on a Monday. I got sanctioned on a Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we'll beat the Geordies on Sunday. Oh, I like that, Mark. Good. Very, very good. And uh, very good. Brilliant, uh, Mark. Brilliant. last by no means least, JK. Oh, it's the man who knows more than any of us. The man who's looking at himself with his hair in the mirror there at the moment. And, uh, <laughs> and you're attractive. You are a fine specimen of a human being, male. It is, of course, football.london's Adam Newson. Yeah. Nah. I was just looking at myself going, God, I look tired. Oh, <laughs> you, well, you must be. I mean, ha- I mean, actually, seriously, Adam, how has this week been for you? It must have been absolutely nuts. Yeah, it's not been enjoyable. Um, obviously, just from a work perspective, it's been in- intense, but throwing the emotional attachment and everything that's going on and it's made it a little bit harder personally, I think, for me. So, so yeah, we'll uh, talk about it all later. But, yeah, um, I kind of yeah. get, get that because you have to... You know, as you said, you've got to like keep it all in because you've got to do the work on it, and at the same time, it's all bubbling on underneath. Whereas we just get to vent our spleen, which is all right, I suppose, for us. But there you go. I saw you posting that picture of just at Norwich, and I think you said something about here I am at Norwich, and I felt the tiredness just in that in the in the picture. I really did. Mm. Yeah, was, at least we got to watch some football for a couple of hours. That was the enjoyable part. Of it. Well, we did, didn't we? So let's start with that, shall we? I mean, uh, as you know, I work late on a Thursday, so I scrabbled to find a bloody stream. I eventually found one. But I mean, from what I could discern from the small window on my computer that was three minutes behind the <laughs> Chelsea uh, Chelsea fifth stand commentary. It's quite. I don't know if you've ever tried this at home, people, talking of Blue Peter, but I do commend it, actually. Listen to the live commentary from Chelsea's uh, you know the Chelsea Fifth Stand app, and watch a stream that's three minutes late because it means you can do other things. And if you hear something happen, then you can glue yourself to the screen. You don't miss anything important. It's the way ahead, I tell you, it really is. Anyway, what I did uh, glean, uh, Adam, was that uh, 
I was actually, do you know what, Adam? I'm going to start with J.K. because I, I, I like to pick up on his fan bike because I, I, it did actually much needed. It made me hoot with laughter. But actually, J.K., I thought we started brilliantly, brilliantly, didn't we? We look, they look really good. Havertz, Mount, and oh. and, and Aspilicueta particularly. The, the, the triangle was absolutely superb. The number of defence splitting passes. It was actually liking like watching Man City at their best with that ability to get the ball to the uh, the byline. Uh, they just weren't, once again, incisive enough in the finish. But they scored two very good goals. I mean, the Chalabar header was great amidst a thicket of players. He just nodded in. I don't know how he did it. But uh, Mount's goal was great. Mount was fabulous. Absolutely fab- Back to his best. I was so impressed. Um, and and it's, about, it's about time too. Brilliant shot. Um, and then uh, it, it seemed to coincide the second half with they, they pushed forward in that area where um, David Bean, but uh, Norwich, but also he got. I don't know whether he was injured, but the, you know it shows the with with our own injuries, with Rhys James not being um, not being available again. Unfortunately, we had um, poor old uh, cheeky boy playing right back, and he can't do it. And uh, there was no creativity; it all fell apart down there. Um, thumbs up for Saul. I didn't mention it was particularly good in the period when Norwich came back, making some very last ditch defensive moments. I know he's having to play out of position as well, but we were um, phenomenal in the first half and they should once again have, have put them to the sword completely. It should have been 5-0 mm. by half time, and then we wouldn't have had any squeaky bum time with them coming back and the obvious penalty. I mean, I, I love the fact that Atkinson, Chalabar practically punched the ball away and yet Atkinson still had to, to dawdle over to the television set. The, 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 it's like the know, walk the, of shame, wasn't it? It was. Well, for they hate it. We know, having listened to Anthony Taylor saying they, they hate all of that, they don't like being overruled. You know, you want to just say to the Muppets, for fuck's sake, just embrace the technology. It's helping you. Don't feel it shaming you. What is the matter with their egos? But, you know, I, I, he means well. He's charming. He's like Marino. He, he tries to speak to the players. He, he wanders about the pitch, but he's behind the game all the time. He's not quick enough. It's so obvious. But anyway, as I likened him to um, Forky out of Toy Story, sort of on his base and just wandering across all the time. But anyway, but um, no, I, I was, it was, and then of course, when Kante came on, the last 10 minutes were, were uh, Kante was brilliant. Kante twins, absolutely brilliant. I mean, just talking about the scruff of the net, set kayak, Havertz was also Havertz is the way forward. Havertz getting better and better is the future. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Lukaku perhaps come on as a as a you know Lukaku missed that um, that pass across. He should have scored from that as a kind of shock tactic. But it, they have to play Havertz every time. Quite brilliant, brilliant footballer. Good. I'm glad you. I mean, I'm not. I won't say you're seeing the light because I know, like me, you've always quite liked the silky smooth German. But you're, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Adam, sorry, I, I, I will will go to you now. Um, because I think that you, you will have a more interesting perspective on this because you get to be in the press conferences with him afterwards. I mean, I did think it was a, a hugely characterful performance by the team, given you know the news of what you know the fact that we'd been sanctioned. I mean, you know, I know, I know how we all felt. Shitting a brick, I think, is one way of putting it. So I can only imagine what it might be like as a player. But I have to say, Thomas Tuchel is nothing short of remarkable. I think, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. I mean, we don't know how long he'll be here for. But I tell you what, just for what he's done up till now, I would get a bloody statue up for this guy. He is something else. He really is. I mean, what's your impression? You get a lot closer to him, obviously. My impression is Chelsea are very lucky that he's the head coach at the moment and it's not another head coach uh, of Chelsea's recent past because I don't think anyone 
would have handled the last two weeks, especially as well as he has. Um, he's, you know, been very empathetic, very honest, as open as he can be. Um, has spoken incredibly well about everything that's been put to him, and and yeah, uh, there was a picture and I saw the video footage later on of him speaking to Dean Smith, and he had this big smile on his face, and I kind of just think it's got to the point where he, he's almost just like, okay, what's what's today's news then? All right, fair enough, that's all right. We're sanctioned now. Okay, we'll just go on with that then. Now, I think he um, takes it as a challenge, doesn't he? Actually, in in a, in a positive well, way. He doesn't seem to let it affect him. I mean, it could have, it would have been incredibly, incredibly easy for him over the last two weeks to hide behind all of this. And, and he hasn't done that. Um, from what I can gather, the players were on their way to the game yesterday when they found out, like we all did, pretty much the same time. And then there were the inevitable questions of what does this mean? Is this good? Is this bad? Where does this lead the club? But everyone had to put that to the side almost and, and then focus on the game, focus on their pre-match routine. And, and the way Chelsea started the game, um, it, it seemed as they wanted to make a statement that, that it wasn't going to affect them what was going on. And it's just a shame a little bit that it did fizzle out in the second half. Uh, as JK said, Ruben came on at right wing back and, and he's a lot of things, but he's not a right wing back. Um, but with Aspie injured, with James injured, um, with Callum not in the squad as well, there wasn't really anyone else Um so yeah, he did. He did a job. wasn't uh, the best job, and I'd, I'd be surprised if we see him there unless it's an absolute emergency again. Um, but no, I, I can only echo what J.K. said. It was it was a good performance. Kai Havertz is undoubtedly Chelsea's number nine now, and uh, and yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where we are come Sunday, and we, who, who knows where we are. Well, indeed, yeah. Well, more of that later. Um, boys, um, any one of you in particular, whoever gets there first, it's a bit like University Challenge, isn't it? Um, I, I thought. I thought. I mean, you know, this is interesting because we had a long chat about this on Monday about the uh, Roman Abramovich chanting during the Burnley game at the at the beginning, which I thought was appalling, although I did see the other side of it. And personally, I didn't have a problem with them, you know, singing it during the game. You know, if, as I suspect it was, it was more in support of what Roman had done. But I do think that the, the, the landscape has changed somewhat since then. And it's clearly... It's clearly... Uh, making us even more uh, well we're more pariahs than we were beforehand if you see what I mean so it's not doing us or the club any favors so I've kind of changed my view on that to a degree um but that aside I thought uh, the away support was just beyond fantastic I mean talk about going through the entire repertoire of songs and all you could hear was Chelsea fans for the whole game and even a funny one like you know Chelsea gets sanctioned wherever we go I mean there's the good old Chelsea humour in there too. I just thought it was brilliant. I mean, there was a sense of a last hurrah about it, but but Martin, uh, Mark, Tony, whoever wants to have a bash at that first, I thought it was brilliant, I have to say. I think the one that amused me was um, down with the Chelsea. You're going down with the Chelsea when we were tuning up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, The stream I was on, the sound was a bit crap, so I didn't really hear hear too much. Very good on the fifth stand at, mate. I'll bear that in mind. I was just, I was kind of flicking around between. Um, surprised the fifth stand that worked after the sanctions. Everything else seems to be breaking down. Um, clearly, it, clearly, it doesn't make any money. Well, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. Um, what I heard was was a yeah a lively Chelsea support. But we're going to get that. So there's going to be a lot of defiance between now and whenever this sorts itself out. Because you know, backs to the wall and all that stuff. People are going to come out with some retorts. Some of them aren't going to be particularly pleasant, but if you're going to 
keep poking the bear, then don't cry when it bites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tony? Yeah, I, 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 well, I agree with Martin. I think I, I, I just cannot get a decent feed. And in the end, like, I just... Yeah, can you all keep it down, please? Because I'm in the last five minutes and I want to know. I don't want any spoilers on <laughs> <and> how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, to, to go and put in such a professional performance when, you know, it could never be put out of your mind getting that sort of news. I don't care how intelligent a footballer or how thick a footballer you are, that is going to be in your mind. This is directly involving your employer and everything you know about. So I thought from that perspective, it was very good from a fan's perspective. You know, we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't. At the moment, I would suggest even not singing Roman Abramovich uh, will damn us. Yeah. Um, other fans, I warned about this in a sort of mini Twitter thread I did this week, you know, be careful what you wish for, uh, be careful what you gloat over because, um, you know, they, they've come for us, they could be coming for you next. And um, uh, I've got mates of mine who are Spurs fans, United fans, um, Newcastle fan lives two doors away from me, whatever. Not one of them is gloating at the moment. In fact, I, I cut short a conversation with my mate in Leeds, who's a Man United fan, based in Leeds uh, tonight, because he rung me up just to say, you know, at the end of the day, football supporters don't want to see clubs go under. They don't want to see all this sort of crap going on. But, you know, um, I thought I thought the Burnley was, was, was insensitive timing, at the very least, to sing that. The rest of the time, I, I don't think it matters what, what our fans do, we will be damned, because a lot of people can't disassociate the fans from the club, from the owner, and a lot of people who can, i.e. Daily Mail reporters, etc., could disassociate themselves, but just don't want to because it doesn't sell print. And I just leap in by saying that Matthew Said in the um, oh. Times suggested, who is, is clearly a nasty piece of work, said that we should all be ashamed of ourselves yeah. for having um, uh, um, allowed him to uh, gain a foothold in the country. And that uh, and there were cries from other people for all our achievements of the last 20 years to be annulled. Yeah, well. Off the record. So that, but that of itself just shows what their motivations are. They don't give a flying fuck about the suffering in Ukraine. Their only agenda and objective is to have a pop at a rival. It's nothing, to do, it's nothing to do with Ukraine. I know Mark's waiting in the wings, but if he'll allow me, because this is, you know, this is the benefit of uh, seven years of being a psychotherapist and at least three years training. This is from a, a psychoanalyst called Melanie Klein, who basically literally wrote the book on envy. Uh, and she defines envy as the angry feeling that another person possesses and enjoys something desirable, the envious impulse being to take it away or to spoil it. That's all you really need to know about what's going on with everybody else. Mark? No, uh, thanks, Jidge. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with Tony on this. Damn do, damn don't. Uh, I can see why. You know, there's a lot of angry Chelsea fans. They probably think of the unfairness of this. Uh, and without the risk of this ended up as a politics show, what is it actually achieved? You know, you know, the government is punishing um, Abramovich. It makes them look good. Yeah, for, for what yeah. for what a better word. We're taking a really firm line on oligarchs like Abramovich. But that's achieving absolutely nothing because wherever Roman is in the world, if he's in his yacht sailing out of Barcelona, this isn't harming him one bit. There's no, there's no impact whatsoever on Roman. So 
whatever you're trying to do here as a government, you're harming the wrong people. And I, I watched um, GMTV this morning. I thought Pat Nevin was excellent on there. Actually, you know, there's two things. It's about the people in Ukraine, what's happening to them. That's the, the important thing here. But it's actually now, in the last 48 hours, the people who are employed by Chelsea Football Club or subsidiaries or people connected to the club who have lost their jobs or about to lose their jobs, but also what impact this is going to have on the local economy, yeah, yeah. which has just come out of two years of a pandemic. Yeah. You know, some places just barely survived. And that match day income every second yeah. week of 40,000 people There'll still be some income because there's going to be things to go on. Yeah, and it's, you know, as, I think you would call it as, as a psychologist, Chidge, there's a hell of a lot of deflection. Oh, it's the, the, the whole, I could bore you all stupid <laughs> yeah. for hours I, about I, what's going on I, psychologically. I, I, I'm, but I'm not, but that's, that, that's the words I, I'm yeah. using. You're right. It's, it's, very, You're right. it's very simple. Russian oligarch giving money to everybody apart from Chelsea Football Club, good. Whether it's property, whether it's mm. politicians no. on either side of the political event, that's okay. You know, whether it's Bournemouth, whether it's, uh, you know, yeah. whether it's Monaco, that's all good. Well, he... But actually, a Russian oligarch giving money to Chelsea Football Club yeah. is not okay. I know. Well, I want to get much more into that in, in parts two and three, but I, I completely agree with you, Mark. Um, there was, believe it or not, a press conference today because there is apparently uh, another football match on Sunday. It's uh, commonly being known as the Human Rights Derby. Uh, so Ch- <laughs> Chelsea Chelsea versus uh, Newcastle at Stamford Bridge. Um there was a press conference today, Adam. Um, I'm not sure if you were there or not, but I know that you probably know more than me about it, nevertheless. Um, I, I know that they didn't really talk to Tuchel, really, about the football at all, beyond the fact that it is what I said a minute ago, remarkable that he's keeping them together, and I know he went into that. Um, we know that Rhys James is out and Aspie's out, I presume. Do we have any other uh, injury news? Uh, oh, I'll let you into a secret. The post-match, uh, the pre-match press conference was done post-match last night. Um, Ooh. So, behind the curtain there. So, yes. Um, so it was basically done, you know, Tuckles post-match after Norwich, and then we did this pre-match one because, um, you know, travel and getting to Cobham today, etc. Um, so was it, his, was it his turn to drive the coach or something? <laughs> To be fair, this was all organised before the sanctions, so it's not Chelsea reacting and deliberately trying to keep journalists away. Um, but no, he uh, so injury-wise, yeah, it's still a bit early, I would say, to, to, to sort of read into it. But yeah, I think James is out. Uh, Pulisic and Aspi are both uh, ill. Whether or not they'll be okay by Sunday, we'll see. Um, and obviously Ben Chilwell is out. And Callum Hudson-Odoi uh, has sort of been nursing an Achilles issue for a little while now. Um and look, given what happened to him before, I think it's fairly sensible that he's uh, and the club are not sort of taking any risks on that at all. So I'm not sure if he'll be involved um, because, yeah, last thing Callum would want and, uh, you know, fans for, of Callum's would want is him to have another Achilles injury. Yeah. Um, so, yes, that's probably the, the most team news I can give you at this stage. Is Alonso um, still out with the corona? He's been back in training, so I'm guessing that he wasn't involved yesterday as just a precaution because okay. Tuchel did say he he had some symptoms and um and I imagine he didn't want to rush him back when, with all due respect to Norwich, it was Norwich. Chelsea should have got that job done and he did. So yeah, true enough. Yeah. Um okay, given all of that and, and the fact that I've been too busy and lazy to do my legendary team selection, I can see Jonathan weeping in the corner there. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I know it's sad. I'm, I'm going to ask Adam instead what he thinks because he probably knows more than me. But it'd be so. Come on, Adam. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's your team for Sunday? So bad at this. Um... You should, do you think that's bad? 
JK and I were out of nowhere asked to name our greatest ever team as long as Jimmy Greaves was number eight today. I mean, talk about comedy gold and awful incompetence. It was writ large, wasn't it? My guess would be uh, Mendy, um, Christensen, Silver, Rudiger, uh, Azpiffy's recovered, uh, Kante, Kovacic, Alonso, he's okay, Mount, Havertz Pulisic if he's recovered from his illness too. Mm. Uh, I don't think you have to really change it at the moment. And I know Lil's to come, um, but still, you know, it it's probably wise to get points on the board at the moment in the Premier League for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much the strongest team they can field, but as you said, with the caveats that Aspi's fit, Alonso's fit and Pulisic is fit, and I have a sneaky suspicion that they might not be. Um it's interesting that you've left J five out. Um he was ponderously slow he on slow. Wednesday. My goodness I don't think he's had a great start to this year, to be honest. Um as good as he was in twenty twenty one, absolutely fantastic. Really, really big performances in the in the Champions League. Carried that on really uh, into the first half of this season. But um but yeah, I mean he was flogged a bit in, in December when we had Kante and Kovacic mm. out. So maybe it's just uh that sort of that catching up with him. But uh but yeah, he hasn't been hasn't been great the last few weeks. Mm. I particularly noticed at Burnley. I was just obviously being there. I was just like, he's not really moving at all. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, I think you know probably for me it's Kante and Kovacic at the moment, which is your first choice. Are you, are you sure that wasn't the cold? Considering he was in Burnley. <laughs> I mean, anyone anyone who went up there in the away end will, will have experience of having their fucking assets frozen already. So, um... <laughs> Funnily enough, it was uh, it, none of my assets were frozen. They were rather warm and tingly, actually, because it was. Uh, that's, that's good. That was because of the second half. Yeah, no, that's... that was the train journey back with those young ladies <laughs> going to the party. Yes. That's why his assets were warmed up. <laughs> the cold. The, some background. Oh, Emily, to, the, Emily, where are you, Emily? <laughs> some background to the coldest I've ever been at a yeah. football ground is turf more yep. it's six, six years ago and i'm still fucking defrosting yeah, absolutely, <laughs> right. absolutely right um i mean boys do you do you kind of broadly agree with with uh, adam's i I'm, i broadly agree with adam's team selection with the caveat yeah. that there might be some people who are not fit i mean it's yeah. it's i tell you what you know this is going to be a, a much tougher match against newcastle than i think we've had for a long time you know that they haven't lost for nine games yeah uh, and i mean i mean their last they've won all their last five yeah. and you know it's quite uh well, actually, no, they haven't. They drew against West Ham one all. I do apologise. They're in a they're in a good run of form. Eddie Howe's doing some wondrous stuff down there. I think Tony, it's going to be tough. Well, um, I always rated Eddie Howe. I always said that the job he did at, at Bournemouth was massively, massively underrated and denigrated to some degree because you know he kept that team in the Premier League for five years. And I, I probably got more money in my bank than Bournemouth had. Um, you know, so it was a remarkable until a Russian bloke turned up. <laughs> yeah, sanction um, him. Yeah, sanctioning, but the, uh, it was a remarkable uh, job, and you could see he was one of the bright. Uh, um, I believe that you know Chelsea might have sniffed that way once or twice during his, his tenure or whatever. Um, but uh, he's, yeah, he's he's done very well at Newcastle. He, you know, I mean, they they had a blinding game with Trippier, but he's he's still out, I think, isn't he? He's, he got himself injured for. A, um, for for a few weeks or whatever, um, um, I just go by the maxim that the longer your unbeaten run goes on, the more likely you are to lose it. Um, so there's probably no mathematical reasoning behind that, other than all good things have to end. Um, and I'm with Adam on the team selection. It, it it's probably more important right now, right now, to get points on the board in the Premier League 
than than anything else. Um, is, that, is that to take account of the ones that were going to be deducted? Well, I think someone put out today that even if we were deducted nine points, we'd still be fourth on goal difference. So, I mean, we're, you know, we're not going to be uh, in, in desperate trouble. I, I think um, my, my little spat with Sam Wallace last week was about doom mongering. Um, and I'm still fairly confident about the whole thing. Um, well, we'll get, but, we'll get into that later. But Newcastle are, and have been before, a bastard of a side to play at Stamford Bridge. Um, you know, and I'll never forget that. Was it the game with Robbie Di Matteo a week before the FA Cup final, <sighs> I think, where they, you know, it was a cross shot. I don't care how it was, Papis, but it went Papis, in and it Papis, shut us. Yeah, it shut us up. Yeah, oh, it was an absolute, it was a brilliant goal. It, it, yeah. A, it wasn't a fluke. No. And, and B, I only remember it because as part as I am recovering, I've basically yeah. just grabbed the sky box and just downloaded all the Premier League year stuff. And I got to that season. And of course, there's the fucking goals. And yeah, it was an yeah. A, the first one was good. And then that was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Two of the best goals I've ever seen scored against us at Stanford Bridge. I'm, I'm, you know, and you know me, Chich. I'm quite easily spooked by things that happened ten years ago. <laughs> this is, <true. laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I, I it, you know, it's a massive. I think it's a huge game. You can call it the Human Rights Derby, but for Chelsea, first game at home since all of this stuff's kicked off. How our, how do how do our fans react? I mean, I'm not even sure I know how to react if everyone's around me starts singing Roman Abramovich. Um, uh, I, I I I worry, but I, I you know I'm I'm one of those people that was a bit dubious about Tuchel when he took over because I love Frank so much. But I've got to admit his comment the other night about you know as long as we've got a bus and enough shirts, <laughs> we'll be there and we'll be competing hard or whatever. It was, was I, do, I, I do hope we sing a song because there's a very good chance, of course, that we will be wearing shirts without the three logo on there. So I do, well, hope, we, I do hope we're going to be singing three, three, gonna... wherever we will be. Yeah. yeah. I hope I hope you're covering that later on because I'm... Well, I will be, yeah, I will, be, I will be. Yeah. Mark, I know you've been wanting to come in. What, what is it you want? Oh, no, just sort of say, I, I caught the highlights, the sort of snidey channel I watched last night. They showed the highlights afterwards of the Southampton-Newcastle game. And they do seem to be, as you say, in the run of good form. And the two players they've signed, like Wood... You know, seems to be doing well up front. He's a big lump of a bloke. And the bloke they got from Brighton, the Geordie lad. Amber. You know, yeah, he's he's doing all right as well. So they're in a good run of form. Ryan uh, Fraser's playing a lot better for them as well. It was from Bournemouth originally. And obviously, um, Newcastle have been in good runs of form coming to town many times down the years. They were in a good run of form in 1979-80 when they rocked up and we put six past them. They were a good run of form in 1983-84 when they rocked up at Chelsea and then Pat Nevin single-handedly took them apart. So it would be romantic to actually beat them 4-0 tomorrow as we've done that many times in the past. But I think this is going to be a hard game and I'd even go for a 1-0. This is going to be a really hard game. Not just because what's happened in the last seven days. They're a good side at the moment. They're an informed team, but I think still think we're good enough to beat them. Yeah, I agree. Adam, how do you see it going, mate? Um, yeah, I think it'll be a hard game. Um, uh, to be honest, I've not thought about it too much. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a difficult game. As I say, Newcastle playing well, um, confident. Um, obviously had a very good Jan- January window, spending money that they've got through their owner. And, uh, and yeah, they'll be difficult. Hopefully, though, given this is 
potentially, potentially the last time Stamford Bridge will be full this season, uh, the Chelsea players can sort of produce a, a performance as they did. Uh, was it Leicester last season, wasn't it, when fans were back and they really yeah. stepped up that day? So hopefully it'll be similar to that and uh, the players would feed off that sort of feeling. Well, I hope it, it. I hope it's like the away game against Norwich or everybody. I mean, I can't. I can't go for reasons that are too boring to get into. But uh, I'm really gutted that I can't because, as as you said, uh, Adam, this could be the last. Well, I, I hesitate to say the last match at Stamford Bridge, but you never know. Certainly, the last under kind of fairly normal circumstances. That's for sure. But there you go, J.K. How do you see it going, mate? Um, I think we'll win two nil. You think two nil? Yeah, and I think we'll be far too good for them. Mm, mm. I hope so. That's for sure, Martin. Um, if he can I finish, can I finish? If sorry, he plays that, if he plays that, the team that we've been suggesting, I mean, I, I, I'm suspicious he may actually just make a couple of strange changes just because of the Lille game. Uh, so Saul may persist at left wing back even if Alonso's fit because of the norm, normal, normal situation. He doesn't put players back in immediately. So I think we may see Saul, or we may even see Saar. I'm not convinced it will be that strongest side, but let's see. Mm. Martin? Um, yeah, I ordinarily I'd be very confident playing Newcastle, but they've actually got a proper coach for the first time in a few years. And the signings they've made have been canny, if not blockbusters, but they're doing the jobs, getting them away from where they were and then they go full pelt next season, don't they? Um, I think we'll do just enough to to win. I think it will be tight as long as we don't do anything stupid like playing Lukaku at right wing back because everyone's injured. Um, I think we'll be okay. Um, I'm going to say we a 2-1 win to Chelsea and let's, if we can dig out some Yemen flags to put around the ground then, um, you know, because that's an equally valid humanitarian crisis as well. Absolutely. Right, absolutely right. Tony, what are you going for, mate? Oh, I've, I, 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 on a, on a score basis, 2-1. Mm. And that's what I've put in my predictor league, which I absolutely oh. stonked last week. It has to be said, Tony. <laughs> you, did you get over 200 points? 233. Jesus, wet. I'm, what, I'm what, this week? at Mark's heels now. Again. You're back, Tony. You're back. <laughs> 230 points this week. Fucking hell, you I must know. have just rolled a dice and just <laughs> put, I think, the, I think put the numbers... <laughs> I think he must. Cheers, Martin, for the insight. <laughs> Any time. <laughs> it, it was staggeringly. It, it clearly was a mistake. He must have been drunk and filled them in all wrong. <laughs> Fell asleep on the keyboard and hit the number pad. Uh, he did very yeah. well, to be fair. Now I'm also going two-one. Uh, uh, I haven't filled in my prem predictions yet, but that's what I'm going to put. Uh, and I do think it's going to be tough. And I just hope we we're good enough on the day to squeak out a win because I think that's what it's going to be because they're, they're a much different prospect from what they were. Now, we're going to go to a break in a minute, but before we do, two in very important plugs. The first one, probably the most important of all. Um, this is absolutely the time to go and buy a Chelsea pitch owner's share. If, uh, yeah, I bought another one last week. I mean, if you have applied for one, by the way, they're not going to be getting back to you soon because they're just absolutely overwhelmed, which is good. Uh, there are 3,000 available, so you should be able to get one. But go and buy one now, because if you do, uh, in what might be coming next for Chelsea, it gives us even more leverage to protect the sacrosanct uh, football ground and the club name uh, uh, that we have at, at Chelsea. And I, we really do need to do it. So there you go. I mean, as I always used to say in my old uh, blurb about this, it means that you have a share of the freehold of the stadium and it protects it from being sold to a property developer in the future. 
thus ensuring that football is played at Stamford Bridge. Now, of course, when it was formed, that's exactly why it was formed, because the club, the, the freehold, had been owned by rapacious property developers who wanted to do just that. But we may well be in a situation in the coming weeks or months where this might arise again. So it's massively, massively important. Um, it's 110 quid. Cheapest shares, 110 quid. And that gets you an electric uh, share. So they just email it to you, basically. Uh, but you can go all the way up to about 173 quid for a frame share signed by a Chelsea player. Go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea pitch owners. Do it now. Mark? Yeah. Okay, that. They've been really busy the last couple of days. I think they... They've actually processed 300 in the last 24 hours and actually sold shares. You know, there is you know, a huge demand for shares. So actually, yeah, we, we need to keep banging the CPO drum. Really, really, really important. Yeah, yeah. This is probably one of the best things Ken Bates ever did for mm-hmm. Chelsea Football Club and his fans. Yeah. Indeed, absolutely right. Now, the other thing you can do, of course, uh, is to go and buy a copy of CFC UK Fanzine on su- Sunday. Uh, <laughs> by going to the uh, CFC UK store, which is outside of Fulham Broadway. If, if That's the best way to get it. A- Adam? Well, there's probably not be a programme. There's probably not going to be programmes sold on Sunday. Really? So. Oh. Oh, I heard something about that. Um, that there was either so going to give them, they just give them away. If, if there's been a print run already, has there already been a print run done? Or? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Over a week in the head. Uh, I, get, I, I get given mine in where I sit. Where I sit, we get handed them. So it'd be interesting to see whether they have. Well, if it's if for you, if it's not been sold to you, then I suppose you get you get one, don't you? You would have thought so. Yeah. And Maybe. subscribers who paid up in advance. If it's a collector's item, I'll have about fifteen. If anybody wants to buy, sell them on eBay. eBay. It could be the, it could be the last game, mate. So you never know. Bring, bring a very big rucksack tomorrow, JK. Very big. Rucksack. JK, honestly, no, no word of a lie. Save me one, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> might be there might be some demand for those. It'd be like the, yeah, like the people. Yeah. It'd, it'll be like the people at the European oh. games who used to you used to see them walking out with carrier bags full of flagpoles. Okay, uh, J.K. I'll be nice to you on the fan cast for at least fifteen minutes in a row, consecutive minutes. Though you make that twenty. Uh, okay, I'll settle for twenty. All right, is that yeah. deal. Okay. Uh, thank you, Adam. You've got six orders here, JK. Uh, anyway, thank you, Adam. That's that's. I hadn't thought of that. That's a really good point. Yeah, buy a copy of the CFC UK fanzine because uh, you might not have a program to read, so you might need something to read. Um, obviously, you can get it at the stall, but I mean, if you can't because you're not there or you live abroad, you can subscribe to it. Uh, email uh, fanzine. I think it's fanzine at cfcuk.net. I should remember this by now, shouldn't I? Yeah, fanzine at cfcuk.net. Various options available wherever you are in the world to subscribe to it either getting the hard copy or a pdf copy right now we're going to be back after a very short break and we're going to start getting into all this chelsea being sanctioned wherever they go business we'll see you in a sec chidge jk in all the years you've been following chelsea you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on tv oh chidge i'd be bereft inconsolable the thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. 
Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and it's the, it's the uh, Friday night preview show. Uh, although we're taking a slightly different twist this week, as I'm sure you will understand. Uh, number one, we don't have an opposition view. Uh, I, the, the truth is, because I couldn't get hold of a Newcastle fan, but actually it's been quite serendipitous, because, of course, there are bigger, bigger, bigger things to talk about than the game on Sunday. And that, of course, is you know what happened very shortly before the game on Wednesday against Norwich, where uh, basically the UK government announced that it, it had sanctioned uh, Roman Abramovich, which is something that had, we had been fearing for a while, but felt that you know they hadn't got their ducks in a row and he might and he's very litigious so you know they had to get it right uh but no they went out and did it um and the terms of it are quite quite uh interesting to say the least um i mean it sounds like the government have nationalized chelsea to make sure that it doesn't work on one level uh that was a gag by the way tony laughed I think. Yeah, I'll go thank it. you tony <laughs> i know i can always rely on you but uh yeah so they've, they've the government are kind of quite well, they have a, they've basically given Chelsea a licence which enables them to carry on uh, fulfilling the duties that they have to fill as a football club in terms of the Premier League and all of that schmozzle, but also to kind of pay their staff and stuff. But within all that, they've come up with some cracking ideas. This has got to be Nadine Doris's own work. They're limiting travel costs to £20,000 per match per team because obviously it's the development squads and the women's team. Uh, we are n- we're not allowed to deal with contracts. So, for example, when Aspie, Rudiger and Christensen come to the end of their contracts in June, they can't be renewed because we're not allowed to deal with contracts. Uh, they've st- stopped selling uh, future ticket sales. So if you're a season ticket holder, jolly good. You can still go to the game. But if you're not, you can't buy tickets, apparently. And they've shut the merchandise sales down. Um, and, uh, and there's something else that I-, I can't remember now. But anyway, the bottom line is... It's just nuts in a way. I mean, I mean, Adam, my first thought on this, and obviously I'm quite close to this because obviously the trust have been meeting with them and all sorts of stuff, which I'll get onto in a minute. But I've seen the entire statement by Nadine Doris, and my first thought was, you are making this up as you're going along, just like you did with the COVID strategy, actually. How funny, you know. I mean, this is what this government does. They make it up as they're going along. It's so ill thought through, in my opinion. Yeah, 
it does very much feel like that um i just have to try and sort of get my mind to go through events here so from what i gather the the sort of senior figures at the club found out not too much longer before everyone else literally maybe 10 or 15 minutes um and then obviously they had to act quite quickly they had to get the mega store shut um, at Stamford bridge and you know people who work in the mega store were told thank you very much but you have to go home and you cannot come back into work tomorrow um which is you know huge for anyone uh, on sort of that sort of contract i'm sure um and yeah the impacts of this are obviously huge and I don't think there was a great deal of, of well, there wasn't a, any sort of dialogue between the club and the government before before the, they sanctioned Abramovich. And some of the of the license or what you've just read out there isn't necessarily that workable day to day for Chelsea, um, which is why Chelsea have been discussing with the government over the last 24 hours, uh, sort of potentially tweaking this if they can to actually make it workable because things like 20,000 uh, pounds for for travel doesn't necessarily work for European away games. Um, I think the the cost of hosting game at Stamford Bridge must not exceed five hundred thousand pounds. But I think there is uh, the possibility that that hosting games at Stamford Bridge cost Chelsea more than that uh, for security, for catering, um, and all the other sort of additional costs. So that probably needs to be looked at again. Um, and then fundamentally, of course, Chelsea cannot make money at the moment um and that will eventually cripple the club and unless there is a buyer found very very quickly um it is uncertain for Chelsea going forward now I think the 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 sale can go through and this is kind of where it gets a bit I probably have to be careful with what I say but the the sale of Chelsea can still go through but the government have to grant a new license so the government can choose who to grant that license to and that's probably what I should say about that. Well, to me, I maybe have a little bit more freedom on this. It seems like a bit of a shakedown, quite frankly. The government have intervened in the sale process ostensibly to make sure a brand which doesn't profit personally from it. But if they can approve the buyer, the next buyer, then it's not an open market. It's borderline whether it breaks the rules on political interference as set down by FIFA. I Now, to me, it's a populist move. It gets their absolutely fucking abhorrent treatment of Ukrainian refugees off the front page yeah. because that was seriously bad for them and it should not be forgotten. But it's like, yay, we're prosecuting Roman Abramovich. Well, I don't have too much sympathy for Roman in this case because, well, he history will judge us all on this and Unfortunately, he has either chosen the wrong side or he can't denounce it. There may be perfectly sensible reasons for it, but... The shares in the steelworks didn't work very well. Well, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. He didn't get his I's dotted and his T's crossed there. But, you know, are you punishing Roman Abramovich or are you punishing the person on a zero-hour contract who works in the megastore? Are you punishing the family that would ordinarily decide on a whim to go down to King's Meadow to watch a women's team game or a youth team game, but they can't walk up and pay on the day now because you can't buy tickets. What have they done to Ukraine? Nothing. They're the ones getting punished. Roman's a billionaire now. He's a billionaire at the end of this. He won't get materially affected. His reputation will go down a toilet, but he ain't lost his money. So 
who's getting punished here? Because it seems like the wrong people are getting punished to make a point. And if the government are doing this unintentionally, it wouldn't surprise me because they're incompetent fuckers. But similarly, if they're doing it on purpose, it wouldn't surprise me because they're sociopathic fuckers. And I will cede the floor to Mark on that point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I'd say, there was a financial crisis uh, in 2008 uh, and Roman lost three billion pounds through that financial crisis, which is the sum of money we're talking about now. He lost that money. It did not impact on him then. This is not going to impact on him now. Martin's absolutely right. Um, as I said at the start, you know, there's the issue about the Ukrainian people. This doesn't help them in any shape or form. Um, because again, if the government controls the sellers, I wouldn't trust them in ensuring that money would go to the U- Ukrainian people. Uh, it is the people that work in the mega store. It is the people that work in the ticket office. It's the people that work at Frankie's, the security, the zero hours people that do security, do agency work for the club. It's the people that clean the kits, people that do the catering. Under the Bridge was open last night, and I made the joke earlier, but it's closed tonight. So the people that work behind the bar at Under the Bridge, the people that work in the hotels, the less people who are now going to do hospitality at home game. Well, but the flats, sorry to butt in, Mark, people like yeah. the ex-players whose who's only income comes yeah. from that. I'm yeah. coming, it's a, it's a, I've got a bit of a long list here. It's the people that work in the flats. Yeah, the people living in the flats. What's going to happen to them? Because actually... Roman has bought a lot of those properties, so they might be Roman tenants. What, what, happens to the, what happens to them? And it is our former players who, if you speak to them all privately, that I have done yeah. Yeah, m- many occasions, throughout the pandemic, some of them, that was the money they were relying on, you know, to keep them from, you know, going out the door, keeping the wall from the door. And he paid them, those guys who do hospitality, he likes a Kerry, likes a Colin Pate, likes a John Bumpstead. You know, the likes of Canners, the likes of Gary Chivers, the likes of Clover. He continued to pay them throughout, throughout that process. And I, I think there, there are people that are going to lose out on this. And it isn't going to be Roman at the end of the day. You know, he, 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 will, he will lose three billion on this, but he probably took the viewpoint he was going to lose it anyway because he'd already made the commitment for that money to go towards what's happened in, in Ukraine and all, all, all the victims of conflict, as he, as he said at the time. Mm. And again, this, this government's track record, you know, yeah, they've purchased oil. They've purchased gas. They still are, and they still are. You know, so c- come on. Where, I know I don't want to get too what about me, but you know, where where do, where do, where do you go with this at the at the end of the day? Well, that's you know, you, yeah. It's got this is, ridic- ridiculous situation that you know Putin is probably sitting there going, "Do you know what? I'm going to pull those tanks out because you know no one can get a shirt in the mega store now." Yeah, it's just absolutely absurd. I think yeah. even if you look at the statement. You know, and you apply it to the principles of law. And I, I'm right, there, there is that weakness around that steel company. But the statement says potentially supplying steel to the Russian military, which might then be used for the production of tanks. Now, if that was a court of law, you know, the government of the case would have been kicked out by the CPS ages ago. Yeah. So you're going to on a potential and might be. Now, obviously, we don't know. And we might be on the wrong side of history in a year's time. And we find out it's not potential. It's might. It's real. But at this present moment in time, I always take the viewpoint is you do your due diligence first. You prove your case and then you go hell for leather with the prosecution. Yeah. Yeah. This hasn't happened here. But he's over a barrel now because while the sanctions are in place in this license, they have to operate under. If Roman doesn't agree to a sale under duress, then 
the club as a going concern could be in serious bother. And I don't yes. know how long I don't know how long that will take. I don't want to read too much into the sensationalist headlines of Chelsea running out of cash in ten days, but it's certainly not infinite. I would, I would imagine everything was run on a just in time basis. Yeah. So Martin, if you're right, our wage bill's twenty eight million pounds a month. It's yeah. going to yeah. run out soon. Yeah. yeah. And that could be part of the strategy with Roman and the government. Well, I think I think so, Mark. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, to butt yeah. in, I think because you kind yeah. of moved it exactly to where I wanted to go because you're all very clever people. Um, but that's exactly my point. I think I think a lot of this has been designed by the government to effectively hold a gun to Abramovich's head, which is unless you get out now, walk away, sell it quickly, uh, we will force the club into administration, at which point you have no choice. And I think that's what's happening. And I think it's really interesting what happened just before we went to air when I found out that uh, Barclays have uh, uh, suspended the account. So, they, they you know, like, well, the credit card accounts was what I read, so... Yeah, yeah, credit card. But the, the rest won't be... That, that'll fall... I, look, okay, hands up all around the table who have been bankrupted before. Yes, okay. So this is what happens, okay? <laughs> That's what happens, all right? So, you know, we're heading headlong into that situation at the moment, I think. And yeah. really, you know, if Roman Abramovich wants to save the club, he needs to walk away and walk away now. Yeah, and I agree because the, there are... You know, history is... Uh, uh, absolutely full of going concerns viable businesses that went under because they ran out of cash that's the prime cause of bankruptcy it's a cash flow issue there and then um and and that has got to be the, the, the worry here I, i'm there's a kind of cognitive dissonance going on here because there's part of me that says roman abram has been a great owner or whatever but if he's if he's proven to be uh uh, a, a Putin shill, or not shill so much, but as a Putin colleague or a friend or a, or, or whatever, then then we have got a problem. But I go with Mark and and um, with Martin on, on this is punishing um, the club, it's punishing the employees, it's also punishing a, a, a huge number of fans who devoted large parts of their lives into this. And James O'Brien had a phone in today asking the question: Why were grown men? Chelsea fans almost in tears outside of Norwich last night being interviewed, you know, because of this, whilst seemingly not being um, worried, you know, putting that ahead of the whole situation in Ukraine. And one bloke, I can't remember his name now, but he was brilliant. He rung in and said, no one's doing that. No one's doing that. Right. The, co- the, the, the kind of cognitive distance here is we can feel terribly sorry for what's going on in Ukraine, but this impacts our lives and our emotions. And for 51 years, I've followed this club. Okay. I follow the club. I don't follow Roman Abramovich. I've had plenty of Twitter disputes today with people who go, I don't want this owner. I don't want that owner. You're not going to get a fucking choice. Okay. And for me, survival of the club is the single most important thing. Anything about stadiums, anything like that can be crossed at that time. The future of the club is what's important. If it goes insolvent, that's going to be unrecoverable i think uh, and 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 that is the problem and people don't realize it's cash flow that takes going and viable businesses down um, and and that as as adam has said and, and everyone else has said it, the, there is not a bottomless pit of cash there especially if if it's not coming from where it was before because it's not allowed to so you know it's, it's an interesting time but um i'm also on the fact that one more thing i'll say Chish, is that when you're saying that it's government incompetence or whatever, 
and, and I can, you can shoot me down for this, but this is a government that regularly shouts, look over there, to deflect away from their utter corruption and their utter incompetence. They've done it so many times. They're doing it in plain sight. And Roman Abramovich was a prime, easy, very public target for them to do this to, to hide the fact that they've been absolutely appalling on the Ukrainian refugee situation and many other things. It's what they do. It's their modus operandi. Mm. And Adam, <laughs> thank you. No, no, well done, Tony. I, I would applaud, but uh, it wouldn't come across so well, so I'm not going to. But I, I'm, I'm kind of virtually applauding you, all right? Adam, you. <laughs> Adam, I mean, if we, if we kind of hypothesise for a minute and say, you know, the administration at the moment, unless things happen miraculously quickly, like let's say a Brambridge walks away tomorrow and a buyer has been lined up and the government sanctioned, you know, all of that, which I think is unlikely. So let's hypothesize on the base that, basis that we, we the, you know, administration is inevitable. What worries me about that? I mean, because the government are involved, I don't think it's, it's a terminal issue. It doesn't mean that the club's going to go under necessarily because of the complications of the license and their desire to keep it going. What worries me more is what that means for a new owner. You know, are we talking a fire sale here, an asset strip, you know, or it could be positive. Maybe they don't have to spend three billion on it. They get it for very, very cheap and they can plough the money they were going to spend on it into the club. So, I mean, this is the level of I have no fucking idea what's going on this here. But I'm, I'm going to put it to you because you're cleverer than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking idea oh, no! what's going on. Here. He's the right um, answer. <laughs> honestly, this week, as I have, you know what, you know my job. I haven't been able to even keep up with everything that's been going on this week. Just when you think you have caught up, about three or four things different pop up. So, honestly, I have no idea where Chelsea go over the next two or three weeks i have no idea what the, the, the license runs until uh, i think it's the end of may uh, i have no idea what the situation is beyond that if the the government are grant a new license if they don't i genuinely don't know and i don't have answers and and it's definitely concerning and it's led to me feeling like at the end of my working days at the moment sitting here shutting down a laptop and just going where do we go from here today? Yeah, yeah. And let's see what tomorrow will bring. And and look, the, the, the license should, in theory, give Chelsea to the end of the season. But I don't think that's an absolute guarantee unless there are tweaks. And I don't know where we go with sponsors at the moment. If they change their, their feeling on it. Um, obviously, three have already requested a suspension. Nike. Uh, I saw, I think the Athletic reported this that Nike seemed to be sticking around, which is hugely important. Um, but there are lots of other dominoes that can still fall in the next few days, and and yeah, so I do not have a clue. Have, 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 Singer, have Singer decided whether they want to suspend the agreement? Please, 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 please. <laughs> I mean, I can't drink it at the moment, but for the benefit of everyone else, if Singer do feel they, they can't sell their beer in Stamford Bridge, be my fucking guest. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, 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 Mark first and then JK. <laughs> I was just had a laugh at that because I, I went to the Chelsea um, women game last week and the cup final, and I, I, I was delighted that AFC Wimbledon sells Stella in a football ground. You know, absolutely brave. That's brave of them. 
Fiverr. <laughs> just wow. Fair play to AFC Wimbledon. So like, that was a half-time pint I did have because I, I wouldn't drink a second. Now I was going to pose a question. It's probably uh, a bit in lines where Chidge was at. Um, and I, don't worry, if no one knows the answer, but just it's a school for thought. Can theoretically now Roman give this away for free? Can he can he turn round if they find a prospective buyer that maybe even he's happy with, although the government are obviously in control at the moment. But if there was a prospective buyer where Roman can still say, I'm giving this club away for free, I don't you know, can he? Can he still do that? Well this this was my Yeah. I was asking the question yeah. on Thursday morning. Yeah. Was and this was based on the fact that the Formula One driver Nikita Mazepin got sanctioned by the EU because of the business activities of his father. Um, was had Arcady been san- sanctioned? Yeah. And if he hadn't, could your line of thinking he gives the club to his son? Now I suspect oh, there oh, are. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, the son. I, I, sus- I suspect oh. there are all sorts of reasons that would be blocked on site. But it would be if he does have one last trick to play that would that would be quite amusing but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's likely to happen just because the uproar would be cause all sorts of um so if reaction. he turns around and says I don't want the money I'm giving it away for free to this buyer they then invest in the club no that's what I was thinking and I, I think I think that Roman ultimately yeah. has no option other to, than to do that but I, I actually think the government will want to take control so that they can sell it so that they get the money no, but here's the but. If Roman does that, not saying he would, this is why it's just, uh, just an open-ended question. He'd already committed for three billion pounds of that sale, or whatever the proceeds of the sale would be, would go to the sort of people you know of com- you know experience of conflict. If he gives it away for free by the strategy the government has taken, and there is is no sale because it's given away free, and the buyer then invests in Chelsea Football Club at the end of the thirty first of May. The government, therefore, theoretically, has cost the victims of Ukraine three three billion pounds. Well, I know, but that, we don't even know what. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. J.K., sorry, this mate. This is a populist. This is a populist government, Chidge. I know, I know, I know, and that's yeah. possibly yeah. behind what's going on. J.K., I'm sorry to keep you waiting, mate. No, it's okay. I just wanted to know, with whilst this license is is has been um, implemented, uh, is the club for sale? Does that not stop the club from being for sale? Is it still? The process got suspended that morning, apparently. Yeah, yes, it's so, back on now, I think. But via the government yeah. rather than... Back yeah. by the government. So and the government... Tonight, what I was trying hang to work on, hang on, hang on. Jonathan, sorry, go What on. I was trying to work out earlier, do the government now own the club at the moment? That even though his assets are frozen, he's never going to get a penny out of this. This is isn't the it? idea, isn't it? So therefore, the government own the club. The government, the government in a position to pass the club on to whoever they feel is a is a proper buyer. As long as they're a Tory donor. Yeah, and indeed. indeed but, and well, Chelsea, Chelsea therefore have nothing to do with it. And Abramovich definitely has nothing to do with it, even though his assets supposedly have been frozen. If his assets are frozen, he's still in possession of the uh, legally, I thought. Because they haven't seized it. They've only... Yeah, they haven't exactly. seized it. Yeah. So, yeah. therefore, have they seized it? If they seized it, they can hand it on to whoever, which they so haven't He's still done. the owner. So he's yeah, still, the, still owner. the owner. Therefore, it, it, therefore can the government um, yes. sell it to anybody? I, I believe the word is sequestered, isn't it? They have to yeah. sequester yeah. the assets, which means taking ownership of them. And I don't think that they haven't done that. Um, and I know it's the mail, but sometimes their sport reporting can be quite on the money. Um, they're reporting tonight 
that the government are keen to get rid of it as soon as possible. They don't want to be seen to be owning a football club um, or controlling a football club in, in any kind of national. It could way. be an own goal if this whole business about the number of, of course being unemployed yes. by, uh, by the by 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 forcing the uh, the club to be put yeah. in this situation would yeah. then reflect badly on them, and they hate that, and they'll probably find something else to deflect to. But exactly. Um, but uh, yes, exactly. That, no, I'm just trying to trying to sort this out in my own. I mean, head. I think it's one of the things that's become uh, very very apparent, J.K., is that this this is a kind of unprecedented. Of um, you know, uh, and uh, if you go back to the World War Two, um, there were sanctions that there were assets seized there were you know german and italian businesses that were if you like driven out of business or whatever or closed down um but it was a very very different time then you're not talking about anything like the kind of money that's being played about now we're not talking about the spread the diversity of the money or where it's come from because it couldn't really be tracked back then in the same way that there was no paper trails so this is all very new i, I think nadine doris is a complete utter moron but it could be, it just could be that this is what they come up with temporarily. And that's why the club are in the negotiation with them to say, actually, you know, it's a decent effort, but really it doesn't cover what we need to do to get us through to the yeah. end of the season. But you can be sure that Buck and, and everybody is really on the ball. Well, exactly that. Exactly that. And I think, you know, the, the, so the club the doesn't, teams, doesn't yeah. disappear. Yeah. And the teams of lawyers at the Reigns, I think they're called, who are heading or, you know, sort of overseeing the wholesale process will be right in the thick of this i think um but it would make sense to me that they would want to get rid of any association of chelsea football club uh, you know again i'm everyone who knows me knows i'm the absolute antithesis of anything tory but they have specifically said today there was a pointed sentence in there which was about you know football clubs being the bedrock of communities etc and chelsea being a, a, you know seen as a critical part of the the uk culture Okay, now that could just be, um, I doubt those sort of words come from a civil servant, to be quite honest, but they could be, you know, they've got branding people or whatever, marketing people that could have been saying that. So I think it would, you know, I'm, I'm still um, fairly upbeat about this. I'm still fairly upbeat about the fact that if, on, when the announcement was made, it felt like a close relative had had a stroke. Mm. Yeah. All right, that's a good point. But, to, that's a good point to wrap this part up because I want to talk a lot more about that kind of stuff. Uh, in the next part. So uh, we will see you all in a second. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stamford Chidge. Uh, and, and it's kind of a bit more than the preview show tonight. It's become a bit of a... Uh, a the Ameri the Yanks like to call it a town hall. We like to call it a debate because we're British and we're more civilised, obviously. Uh, so, therefore, I've got... Where that I, come from? I've got, a, I've got uh, the, the big hitters on tonight. Jonathan Kidd, the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Thank you all. Love you on the uh, show. The estimable uh, Adam Newson. Right. Who's still just about with us? Bless him. Uh, and I've, I've also got I've also got Martin, the lovely Martin Wickham, who we haven't seen for ages. So nice to see him. Good to be back. Uh, Mark Meehan, who apparently J.K. I didn't know this. I, I wondered if you did, but apparently he he wrote a book 
called Blue Tomorrow, which, apart from talking about the Viala years, also talked all about the finances of the club. Then he's a financial expert, for God's sake, on oh, Chelsea. Well, Who knew? He should, be, he should be talking about that book now, shouldn't he? should, he? really, shouldn't he? You're quite cruel, aren't you? No. <laughs> this is this is going to run and run. For years, mate. This will run longer than Chelsea run. Football Club, Mark. <laughs> this Mind you, that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be hard at the moment, perhaps. But, but, there you go. but if you do find that book in a good bookshop, or that's to say a bad bookshop, you will find a whole chapter devoted to that precious time when Chelsea were in danger of going out of business, potentially when Kane Bates, you know, then sold out to Bramwich. It precedes that period of time. So, you know... All good bookshops and some very bad ones. But I'd also like to say, if you're listening, you know, repeat again, whatever you do, you know, whatever you spend your money, the first thing you should spend it on is a CPO share. Yeah, absolutely right. In fact, actually, funnily enough, whilst, whilst you're all talking, um, I was having a quick look on Twitter. I'm trying to be a proper presenter for once. I'm actually listening to you and checking what the breaking news is every minute on various multiple sources. Anyway, oh, that, yeah. yeah, well, you and I, JK, as in the Chelsea Fancast and you, got a tweet uh, to us from the lovely Steve Frankham, who says, have, are you going to mention the CPO? So I was very glad to tell him that, Steve, we mention the CPO every week and have been doing so for years. So there you go. You will not find bigger supporters of the CPO than the Chelsea fan cast. That is for I'll, sure. I'll WhatsApp him now and I'll tell him we've just given him a plug. But yeah. that's the second plug. I might even give him a third one later. So there you go. Definitely. Anyway, we've also got, sorry, Tony, we've also got the fantastic Tony Glover on the show as well. But, that's right. I'm, right. I'm, 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 I'm an upbeat Tony Clover. Good. Well, that's what, you know, I hope this is a bit, you know, cathartic. It needs to be. Um, I mean, because really, this is what I wanted to talk about, because Tony was getting into this just at the end of part two, and he's absolutely right. You know, this is having, I mean, I know a lot of people out there, you know, will say, well, you know, cry more, really. Uh, and I think, you know, we always have to put this in the context of, uh, what's happening in Ukraine and what is happening in Ukraine is beyond disgusting and awful. And I've been rant. Poor old Adam had to deal with my rant in print the other week, which was the lawyers had to deal with for four four days because I was so ranty about what I think Putin's up to. Um, but it is. It's disgusting. He's the second coming of Hitler. Uh, he's. I mean, he accuses the Ukraine of being Nazis. He's a Nazi and he's killing innocent people mercilessly and he will kill, carry on doing that. And that is beyond appalling. So you could say, well, whatever is happening to us pales into insignificance compared to that. And of course, in truth, it does. But Tony, Mark, Martin, all of you have been saying tonight, you know, I think if I added it up quickly in my head, I would say that we've got at least getting near to 300 years of supporting Chelsea in this podcast tonight. Uh, it's it's taken up a significant. <laughs> it's taken up a significant part. I said close to Tony. Jonathan's now adding it up. At least a hundred of those are Jonathan's, by the way. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's made up a significant part of our life. Um, you know, we obviously love our football, but it's always been more than that. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here and and being such great mates if it wasn't for Chelsea. Uh, you know, some I know a lot of people. I mean, Adam earns his living by writing about Chelsea. You know, I mean, so many things. Uh, but it's the emotional attachment that we have to each other, the people that we see at the games, and and uh, as well as the club that's important. So there is no doubt that what is happening at the moment is really affecting us. So as you kind of start the ball rolling, Tony, um, how 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 do you? I mean, how do you feel about all of this? Well, really, you know, on an emotional level. On an emotional level, I'll, I'll go back to what I was saying. It it, it was. 
the kind of like you know the the news that a, a close relative has had a stroke or something and is in in you know uh, ICU and uh, you know there's there's no definitive kind of prognosis as yet. As the day you've gone on, I mean, I started yesterday. My, my default position on most things, Chelsea, is half empty, glass half empty, sometimes less than half empty. Um, but that pretty much goes for many, many other aspects of my life. And I, I tend to turn it round within a day or two um, into something more positive. You know, it, it's that, that the old change curve stuff. You know all about that, Chief. Um, in this particular case, uh, you know, we've been through, I'm old enough to remember the verge of bankruptcy under the Mears family with the West, uh, uh, yeah, the West Stand, wasn't it? Uh, no, the East Stand. Um, and the plans for the original stadium um, and the existential threat to Chelsea Football Club at the time. Um, I remember the uh, ex existential threat to Chelsea Football Club when Marlow Estates wanted to turn it into a block of flats. Um, and the premise or the birth, if you like, the conception of of the Chelsea pitch unders under, under Ken Bates. And as yeah, my, my views of Ken Bates, I've never shied back from saying I think he's an absolutely vile person. However, his ideas at the time to vote, get Chelsea fans voted onto the local council, to see push through decisions, and that was was Machiavellian, Machiavellian but also brilliant. And um, I think the Chelsea pitch owner is, is, is a critical part of that. I'm actually quite upbeat about it. This is, and, and everybody on this, fan cast and probably in the fan cast mix in the room is going to hate this but we are whether we like it or not a global brand right we are massively uh branded around the world in africa in uh, in asia uh, across america okay so this isn't you know a very small provincial club out in the middle of nowhere this is a, a huge huge brand and chelsea under roman have been very very successful at driving that um so i think if we take the conspiracy theories that the government might sell it off to one of their mates, which they might do, okay, out of this, survival first, and then see where we go from there. Nobody is going to want to take Chelsea on uh, and, and see it fail. They're not going to, they, you know, people, if, if this Turkish billionaire guy comes in, he's not going, going to want to be associated with failure. They just don't want that. They're just not driven like that. They're not built like that. So I think um, I'm fairly upbeat about it. But the news is shocking. I'm more upset, I think, at some of the, if you like, fan reactions from, you know, I, I, when I see them on Twitter, people who actually do seem to think they want us to go under, that the best thing we can do is go out of business, that we can have all our trophies annulled or an asterisk, I think, with an asterisk put next to them to quote somebody in the bloody athletic today, which kind of annoyed me, but I know, you know, they're, they're, they're just making their points. Um, so from a personal point of view, I'm quite upbeat about it. We've survived the Mears family. We've survived Ken Bates. We'll survive this. That's that's my view, okay? Um, and, and if we have to be run on a more cost-conscious, more cost-versus-value basis, that's probably no bad thing in the end. Indeed. Good point, Tony. Who would like to go next? Same question. Don't all rush at once. Otherwise, I'll step in. You don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, the lot of you. One of you. <laughs> okay. No, I'll, I'll come in. Uh, I, I'm with Tony. Um, uh, and I, I do think, you know, whatever happens, you know, Chelsea Football Club will, will survive. Uh, I've always said owners come and go, players come and go. The only two constants there are the club and its fans. 
And I think all the people that I, who I call my circle of friends, they're all at Chelsea. I, you know, I, I don't want any violins like, you know, I don't have any friends outside football. That's probably quite true because you know, all my friends are at football. Mm. You know, and, you know, as you say, that's like the you know, part of being a community, part of being a community, community asset. Um, and I've all said when, you know, you have that sort of like digs being made at you about Abramovich, oh, if it all ends tomorrow. Well, I've always said if it all ended tomorrow, whatever happened, someone would buy Chelsea Football Club. Absolutely no question. You know, that, that, that would happen. It will happen now. But I come back to the point where I started as, as well is, you know, there's, there's two things, you know, is whatever we think, you know, about, you know, the current state of play, how we feel as Chelsea fans. We can bang the drum about football without fans is nothing. Yeah, you know, it still comes back to however we think at the moment. There's nothing compared to what people in Ukraine are going yeah. through. And then bringing it more more locally at home, as I've, I've said many times this evening. This is why this you know the gesture, whether you call it the gesture, the deflection by this act, isn't hurting Roman Abramovich, isn't hurting Vladimir Putin. Actually, in some respect, isn't hurting me at, at the moment. You know. Uh, but it is hurting people who've lost their job in the last 48 hours or could lose their job in the not distant future already coming out of pandemic stroke recession. And I think, you know, that's where my thoughts would be people in Ukraine and people who don't have a job anymore. Yeah, no, you know. there's, there's a, there's a real, I mean, there's an emotional uh, tragedy for us, but there's a very real human tragedy, both as a direct result of this in Chelsea and also obviously in the Ukraine, Adam, I mean, I know because you told me before we went on air that it, you're, you're really fed up with this. So it'd be good to hear how you feel about it. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I'm younger than some of you Considerably guys. younger, um, I would add. So, I, so diplomatic, you know, Adam. <laughs> so I, you know, the only time I've known Chelsea to be, you know, quote unquote, at risk was was the end of the uh, two or three season when, when we played Liverpool and we won and we all know what came next and you know I was 14 I think at the time so I didn't really truly understand the, the, the implications of what losing that game may have meant so this time it's you know very very different obviously I'm very very involved in, in terms of what's going on now speaking to a lot of different people hearing a lot of different things and yeah, I think I was at Norwich yesterday um, and I was speaking to a couple of people in the, sort of in the press and uh, from my perspective, as I was saying, and you know, it echoes some of, of what's been said already. As long as there's a club, that's my main concern at the moment. Make sure there's a club to go go support, um, go watch going forward and, and we'll see where where that is and what that looks like. And hopefully that that is going to happen. Um, everyone seems very positive which is good. Uh, I'm probably a bit, I don't know if it's just we're weary now, having gone through this whole week, speaking to a lot of different people at the club um, and around it. Um, but yeah, as long as there's a club to, to continue supporting, that's great. Um, and it will be different. Of course, it will be different. I don't think Chelsea will ever get another, for good or bad, another Roman Abramovich. They may have to, to cut their cloth accordingly, which, uh, as Tony said, I don't think is a bad thing necessarily. Um yeah, I, I you know I, I'm still concerned, and I'm concerned for people as 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 Mark was saying. You know, there's a lot of good people at the club who are very honest, hardworking, committed to the club, who've been tarnished with a brush this week that everybody at Chelsea is bad, everybody who supports Chelsea is bad. 
which of course is not the case. Can, can I just butt um, in? Can I butt in there, Adam? Because you make a very good point there, and and I mean we know where that's come from. Largely, it's come from the media, of which you are a part. How has that felt as a, as a Chelsea supporter who works in the media, seeing what's happening from the media? Uh, conflicted, frustrated. Um, because you know, there's there's nuance to all of this. Of yeah. course, there is, um, and you know, there have been. There's there's an article that's gone out today, which is very much everything about Chelsea is bad except for Thomas Tuchel, and it's like, well, that's just fundamentally not true, is it? Um, there are very very good people involved with the club, and they've done a lot of very good things. And there's a lot of very good fans and a very honest fans, as you know, you guys are all here. Just because you have this emotional connection with a football club that for a lot of people pre-exist Roman Abramovich. And yes, it was fortunate he brought the club from the perspective of Chelsea may have faced a very difficult situation without him. And yes, he has overseen this period of of huge success for Chelsea. And you have to almost try and untangle the emotional response to that success to the man who helped provide it, because it is difficult to do that. And I understand why his name is being chanted at game still, is that the right thing to do? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I would probably lean to maybe not at the moment, but I can understand what's happening. And do, do I think that all these people like who were at Norwich yesterday chanting Roman Abramovich's name, do I think all these are bad people? Of course not. Of course I don't. That, that would be ludicrous. Um, and, that's, and it is frustrating that this argument is being made that Chelsea fans are bad for enjoying what their club has been through. And I wrote uh, an open letter to the next owner. I can't even remember when this was, like a week ago, a week and a half ago. And I referenced you guys, you know, the guys who were there in the 80s, who've gone through this really awful period in Chelsea Football Club. Why would you not be allowed to enjoy what's happened over the last 19 years? You didn't force Roman Ivanovic to buy the club. There's very little you probably could have done to force him out of the club. So you kind of just go along with it. And yes, you can make the morality argument. I get it. But by the same token, I don't think Chelsea fans should be lambasted for enjoying the last 19 years. Yeah, well done, Adam. Well said. I always feel like applauding that, actually. Um, Mark, I know you want to come in, but I do want to ask JK, because, you know, JK, you've been supporting this club far longer than any of us. So what would it mean to you if it fizzled out and died or actually was killed? Because that's what's happening. It's not, not fizzling out and dying. It's being killed at the moment. Well, I tend to look at life as a series of challenges. And, That's what uh, happens when you work with me for nearly ten years, mate. Absolutely. Now, if I have to support, <laughs> if I have to support Fulham, I'll, I'll support Fulham. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, AFC, AFC Chelsea, JK. We'll start our own. You know, Eelbrook Common. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> At Eelbrook we can Common. All be on the board. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I suppose the 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 the. Uh, the, the the optimist in me just thinks now nah, this is too attractive a proposition it'll be picked up but there is a lot of hatred in the country for the club and the the um because of this he, uh, he has been turned into a, a symbol of the uh, the ukraine war um in a way that suits the government wonderfully but is also uh, slightly disturbing um uh because he's now an enemy and so consequently by dint of being involved we've become enemies um, and uh, uh, I find that worrying and I find the potential for that rather disturbing. Um, so it, 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 there could be a, 
a desire, uh, if, if this is seen as potentially um, enhancing the government and, and can get votes, to let the club go under. Um, um, as I said earlier, unless, of course, the, the fact that there will be so many jobs and lives ruined becomes too much of a negative but they have they'll weigh it up i have no they have no scruples the government at all and if it suits them to um uh to go the the whole hog with uh, with getting rid of the club i would um i i would i, I would you you would see the, the the political idiocy and see the way that it's just vote grabbing but um i would understand it i think particularly this may go hand in hand with the escalation of the war and I think we mustn't rule that out. That the worse the war gets, the more uh, um, the more Ramovich will be vilified. The more the club will be vilified. And I think the club may be held up as an example of um, of Russian greed, and uh, which it has been already, but even more so. And I'm worried then that they will make no effort to resurrect the club at all, to help the club at all, and it will be allowed to fall apart. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's. That's me being pessimistic, but I say the optimist in me just thinks that uh, it's too lucrative um, uh, a proposition to be ignored by a buyer and the government, particularly if they get uh, somebody who's um, a tool of theirs or whoever they can see would be the more politically um, uh, potent uh, yeah. purchaser for them. So well, Michael Gove becomes PM. Yeah, well, indeed. Well, he's been I'm, very quiet, considering he's a he's season very, ticket holder. Absolutely but very are quiet. we surprised? JK, that's beautiful, actually. I'm going to just in, interrupt because I, I, I know Mark wants to ask a question, but this really actually epitomises or exemplifies what you were saying, right? This is from Norway Very Blue on Mixler, who says, My 19-year-old daughter has just gotten home and told me she was spat at for wearing her Chelsea bubble jacket by a bloke. She left a nice red hand mark across his chops, which left him rather speechless. Wish I'd been there. Proper Chels is all I really yeah. have to say. And, and, at, and at 19 years old, yeah. um, she, for the duration of her entire life, the owner has been Roman Abramovich. Yeah. Yeah. So what, you know, she has absolutely nothing to do with the Roman purchasing the club. You know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And that what you've just described is a risk, you know. Some some child wearing a Chelsea shirt, uh, you know, a five side centre or something, getting yeah. abuse yeah. Yeah. for wearing it. it. Yeah, that that will happen. That will I mean, happen. There are well, it's already happening. Yes, yeah. uh, but there are well documented cases, and and um, this is only the inner historian me. There are well documented cases of similar things happening at the beginning of World War II with German and Italian people who had nothing to do with, you know, German children born in this country. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Italian businesses, etc., attacked because of who or what they were as, as opposed, you know, or their associations as opposed to who or what they were. You know, and, and let's be fair, that's going to happen. And, and, and you know, that does lie very, very firmly at the, at the, at the government's feet. Um, and to some degree, some and um, sorry, Adam, but some of the media, some of the media coverage, which has kind of stoked some of this. Well, they, uh, they they call that um, you know when when Trump oh, when Trump when Trump was uh, president, yes. and, and spouting off, they were calling it stochastic terrorism. Yeah. So there is a link there, you know. Yeah. Um, Mark, I know you've been waiting for ages, mate, but do do pile in. No, that's that's okay. It, it, and I was going to say pretty much similar lines. It is a bit of a worrying trend. You know, there is an element because of his high profile. 
that he becomes a very easy, tar- easy target. But then there's all the guilds um, and association with that. I don't know what the Russian population is in London for that matter. But, you know, you, you have that concern for Russian businesses. Mm-hmm. You have that concern for Russian kids who are getting educated here. There's a lot of, you know, my daughter sort of like has done some sort of like, you know, uh, work with Russian kids in and around sort of central London, you know, doing some schooling there. So you have those worries that you know, they become an, an easy target driven by the media. You only have to, as Tony said, look back through history. You look at someone like Bert Troutman, you know, yeah. you know, when he first started playing football, he was just booed because he was German. Yeah. So I don't know how many Russian players are in the Premier League. There might not be many. All all these things can easily happen. Driven by, it's very convenient to have an easy target. And actually, the main point I was going to make was twofold. One, if you did a quiz now with parliamentary MPs with no paper in front of them and asked them to name how many oligarchs there actually are, they probably won't get past fingers of one hand because I can't. I can, I, I can only think of three. One's Abramovich, two is Osmanov. And third is Boris Berezovsky, and mm. we know what happened to Berezovsky. Well, well yeah. indeed. That's a very... and, and then the final point, Jid, sorry, is this oh, sorry. whole thing about guilt and association, you know, and, and I said weeks ago, no one's pure, the lid is off Pandora's box. If you're now getting... Mark, come back. Mark. Somebody bang him on the head or something. His, ba- <laughs> his batteries have run out. This is no time to turn into Max Edwin. Right, Roman's business interest. <laughs> and there's some rather well-known people in the music industry who are invested in the same company. You know, so you know, if, if you're Benny from ABBA, you, know, you might be talking to your accountant yeah. now because you might be getting criticised that yeah. you are investing in the same company as someone now on a banned oligarch list. Absolutely, Mark. That's a very good point. Um, I mean, just my own tuppence worth, really. I, I, I broadly agree with everything that you all, all of what you said, but uh, it is very, very worrying. And as I said, I do think uh, they're trying to kill the club, uh, you know, and that's very unpleasant. And I don't like the fact that we're being tarred with a brush that is beyond our control. OK, I accept, you know, that uh, we need to need to have been, you know, wise to the fact that, that, that you know, what what roman really represented but you know we're football fans and that we, we like winning trophies i mean i know that sounds stupid to people like matthew said but i'm afraid that's true we don't check our moral compass when it comes to things like that um and i am worried about the repercussions on that i mean my nephew is both a chelsea supporter and half russian and roman's grandmother where was she from ukraine exactly right. yeah. You know, so yeah. there's a lot of who, who's who's one of his best friends and business partners, Eugene Tenenbaum, half Ukrainian, well, and, and Schwidler, I think, is as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it, it's not good. Um, but my, I mean, oddly, you know, I mean, as, as many of you know, I lost my father three weeks ago, and uh, that's pretty tough. But you know what's going on at the moment? Because not, I, I mean, do you know what? I don't give a shit about the football. When it boils down to it, I don't give a shit. What I do give a shit about it is going to the football and mm. being there and being part of it and being part of all of you lot and having all these great friends. So if that gets taken away, it'll it'll feel like a loss, like like losing a family member. It felt like that all kind of mashed up into one big ball of shit on Wednesday when I heard that news. So I can understand why people feel very upset and emotional because it's serious. This is a serious pain that's being inflicted. Um. But having said all that, I agree with Tony's opening statement. You know, this club will survive. I mean, even if they kill it, it will survive because you cannot kill 117 years of history. You cannot, you know, the, the, the fuck, fuckwits that are talking about expunging the 
19 uh you know trophies from uh, from the last 19 mm-hmm. years they can't be expunged i'll tell you why we were all there and we saw them being fucking won so they're not going anywhere you can't get rid of that you know because you can't get rid of the memories that we have of being there and witnessing it happening and as long as we keep that alive even if they kill chelsea football club yeah it'll still be alive but as it happens I don't think it will die, actually. I think, you know, with given all the history and the legacy of all of that and the culture, I think it will be going up in one way, shape or form, even if it is AFC Chelsea at Eelbrook Common. Just look at Wimbledon for an example of that. Uh, they're a good example of that, in fact. But actually, do you know what? There is something you can all do. And Mark and I particularly, uh, well, I mean, I don't think Mark and I have been working as hard as many others on the Supporters Trust board because they've been working. They, make, they would make Adam look like a shirker, I tell you. You know, they've really they've they've pulled it out in a way that I am completely and utterly so proud of, actually. Um, and you may not know this because they've been working so hard trying to do the right things, getting getting in front of the right people that they may not have really made you lot who are members or even not members aware of. But I'm going to tell you what they are doing. I mean, basically, they're, 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 and Mark, feel free, free to pitch in well, whatever no. you want. But, yep. you know, they're basically really concentrating on spreading the message across all of the membership as many of the press that they can get hold of across social media and anybody involved with the club who you know has its best interests at heart uh and that and, and in particular actually what a lot of what's been going on this week is, has been lobbying uh key people in parliament so i mean they were sitting in several of our board members were sitting in front of the sports minister nick huddleston yesterday at the department of culture media and sport uh, we spoke to Greg Hans today, who's the MP for uh, Fulham and Chelsea. Uh, Sadiq Khan's on the list. There's Tracy Crouch we've been in touch with, who, of course, wrote the, the fan-led review, which came about as a result of the European Super League for for last uh, April. Uh, so, you know, there's been a lot of work going on there, and it is important because, actually, these are the people who hold the levers of power. These are the people that will be making the decisions. These will ultimately be the people who decide whether Chelsea lives or dies. So that's why we need to focus on them. But at the same time, we need to focus on the media too. Because as we've been saying all evening, the, the narrative that's coming out of the media is incredibly toxic and negative towards Chelsea Football Club and, of course, us by association. And we need to try and change that narrative. And the way that we're doing that is really boils down to that statement that the Trust put out the other day, which is really that the government have got to resolve this uh, as quickly and transparently as possible. Uh, that they need to implement uh, the recommendations of the fan-led review from uh, from Tracy Crouch. And the most important element of that is this golden share idea. And I know that, that you know, people think, well, what on earth is that? Uh, a golden share is not really a physical... It's not like you have a share in the club. It basically... Uh, it, it, it invests in whoever. It could be the CPO that would hold it. It could be the supporters' trust. Doesn't matter as long as it is an organisation that's got the club's best interests at heart and is not the club. It invests in them some element of power over the people who will own the club, uh, and it effectively will give them a veto over decisions that involve the stadium, uh, the uh, and anything that's kind of club heritage related, really. So the stadium, uh, the ground. The name of the club, um, the the colour of the shirts, the badge, things that actually, as supporters, we hold most dear because that's what the club, in terms of its emotional attachment, represent for us. And of course, interestingly enough, these are all very much part of uh, recommendations of the fan-led review, by the way. It's not just stuff we've kind of, you know, magicked out of thin air. But of course, 
what we have at Chelsea is an element of that already. It's called the Chelsea pitch owners. You know, two of the key elements in that, the name and the ground, are very much what the the golden share is all about. The golden share goes further, but we've got the two key elements of that already in place. So, you know, we're also desperately working with the CPO, trying to make sure that whatever happens in the future with the new over, that they and the current situation is protected. Because I think the worry is is that a new owner may try and scupper that, much as Roman Abramovich did in 2011, if you recall, but lost. So, you know, number one, it's massively important that everybody who listens to this show, who cares as much about the club as we all do, repeats that message, what I've just read out about what we're trying to do, ad finitum, as, to as many people as they can, Keep saying it. Keep mentioning it. That's what we're trying to do, and that's why it's important. And the other thing to you know to add on to that, because the because the recommendations from the from the Fanland review haven't been implemented yet, what we have here is an opportunity. A bit like Tony was saying earlier on, we have an opportunity to make Chelsea a test case for these recommendations to be the first club that they can be seen to be working at or seen to be implemented at which means that going forward, every single club in this country could have this, which will protect what the supporters hold dearest to them. And it won't be stolen away from an owner or have their ground sold for penthouse flats or whatever. Or like, remember the, uh, you know, Cardiff, they tried to change the colour of the kit from blue to Mm. red. Or uh, um, Hull City, when they decided to change the name of it to Hull City Tigers or whatever it was. Or Wimbledon moving to Milton Keynes. Or Wimbledon moving to Milton Keynes, Martin. So, you know, this, the, we are sure, clearly, obviously, doing it for ourselves. But actually, this is going to benefit every single supporter in the country if we get this right. And that's the message that we've got to get across and we need your help to do it. So make sure you do it, Martin. Yeah, I mean, it's been quite heartening to see members of the media who I've been dubious about in the past. So Miguel Delaney has explicitly mentioned the Chelsea pitch owners, the golden share, and, you know, that this is literally a golden golden opportunity for a golden share. <laughs> but it's like literally ready-made to do it. Um, I've tweeted about Andy Brassel, who's a freelancer and is on Talk Sport and the Football Ramble. He mentioned the Chelsea pitch owners. He's a AFC Wimbledon fan, so he's probably thinking that would have saved us a lot of grief when the Milton Kings thing happened. But I think certain elements of the media are starting to come around to it. There are still, there are going to be wankers looking for clicks and the key is to kind of phase them out, ignore them because, you know, half of them are just, well, they're just wankers basically and focus on the ones who have a degree of intelligence about them, who know about Chelsea pitch owners and are aware of it and for reasons known only to themselves have maybe not talked about in the past, but they know about it now. And if they are as committed to cleaning up ownership in football as they claim, then this is the chance to do it by, I mean, the golden shirt is like the equivalent of the German 51-49 rule, isn't it? So mm. it's, it's ready-made. I mean, this it came up with the European Super League. I mean that and blockade in the front of Stamford Bridge but um, that, that helped a bit just a bit yeah there's only I was, I was I remember when I was just going back to that very briefly but I remember when they talked about all the great protest at Ellen Road I said if anything half like that happens at Stamford Bridge because there's only the egress issues everyone goes onto one road if everyone congregates there that game's not happening 
I was nearly right, but it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm starting to see people talk about it. And I'm, obviously I would say you guys are working. I would describe your work as stakhanovite, but that's Russian. You might get sanctioned for it on the trust. So <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's a good idea, but it's certainly, it's certainly know, knowing what you're doing is, and I've been privy to conversations elsewhere to, that I know, where I know about what's happened. And yeah, very good indeed. No. And you've sent the email to all the members with the, template for writing to your MP. Mm-hmm. I've done mine. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he's an Arsenal supporter, but I won't hold that against him. And annoyingly, Sadiq Khan was 10 minutes from me today opening a lift at Harrow on the Hill tube station. And I only found out about it afterwards. Otherwise, I'd have gone down there with a great big banner. <laughs> well, well said, Martin, because I, I forgot to mention that. But I mean, what I'd say before Mark comes in, because I want to just make sure I haven't missed anything out, but I've been on the board since it started in 2012, and I have to say I don't think I've ever seen such a good quality of pe- quality of people on there in terms of their knowledge, experience, and expertise. You know, our contacts at Parliament are are just second to none, and there's some real talent on that board. So I can tell you honestly, we are fighting. You know, we are fighting like hell to try and do whatever we can to make sure that the, a the club survives, and also we can you know be involved in taking it forward and keeping it going for the better, Mark. Uh, I absolutely agree. And I'd, I'd hark back, you know, the days of the Chelsea Independent Supporters Association and Ken referring to us as enthusiastic amateurs and having just come onto the board in recent times, just impressed, you know, with the level of commitment from you know, fellow Chelsea fans and the extra mile the likes of Dan Silver have gone through in the last 24 hours. He's probably done more press work than Adam in the last 24 that <laughs> Dan has been seen. Uh, and his, his list of, of people he's interviewed is, is remarkable. But, you know, this is an opportunity. You know, this is an opportunity in many different directions. There's an opportunity for government, or the, the right to wrongs, you know, you know, for them to be really serious about improving, you know, governance in English football. So there's, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity for us as Chelsea fans. And I was going to mention what Martin mentioned. You know, if you're not a trust member... You won't have seen what trust members have got in the last few days. There is a template that you can send to your members of parliament. If you want to get involved, leave the details in Mixler and we can pick it up and come back to you. There's some really key messages. Yeah, the government needs to resolve this anyway as quickly as possible. But that importance of the golden share, the importance of that, you know, the recommendation Tracy Crouch is saying about having a shadow board. And as we've said many times tonight, and I appreciate it's not sexy CPO, to be fair to it, you know, Steve Lusling, apologies, Steve. It's not something I've seen as sexy, but it's just so important. You know, and if there was a potential buyer out there, you know, who might just think this is a real opportunity to buy a prime piece of land in southwest London, the existence of CPO hopefully will deter any kind of speculative buyer or potential person that wants to do a sort of a, a good land deal and move us out to Milton Keynes, for example. It's high, highly desirable land. Yeah. So I think this is a real opportunity. Either to get involved with the trust, buy a CPO share, or as the action for the Super League demonstrated, don't underestimate the power collectively Chelsea supporters can have. If we're not arguing on Twitter and nonsense like that, coming together, you know, for the future of this club is now never never been more important. I mean, one one thing I would add to that, Mark. You know, if if a potential owner isn't you know they they come out with stuff like well we we understand that uh you know our role really is to be a custodian of the club we're just passing through and all of that kind of stuff well if that's true then they should have absolutely no objection 
to agreeing to what we're saying about having a golden share, a shadow board, not going into the ESL, all of these things. If they had the club's best interests at heart, that's what they would believe. So if, they, if they say no and they yeah. refuse, it, what's it telling you, really? Exactly. And the first thing that they, they should do, the outstanding balance on the loan from the club, the pitch owners, whoever came in, yeah, and that was one of the asks you know, of Roman sell by, by the trust, should be forgiven. Absolutely so not. Now that would mean, you know, whatever happens here, whoever... Oh, he's done it again. ...owns the club. Oh. He's got all Norman Collier. Will he be back? I don't know. You back know after the break? <laughs> no. Well, I, I'm going to carry on, and then he'll come straight back in the middle. You watch, Tony. Yeah. Just final thoughts from you, Tony. Yeah, with a new regime oh. and administration, Stamford Bridge is secured forevermore. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Mark. You buffered a bit there. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's all right. Uh, you know, Tony, uh, Adam, and J.K., I just want to kind of you know get your final thoughts to sum all this up, really. So, Tony, you you pile in first. Um, well, I think. I'm in agreement with the, the, the golden share. Um, I've been a member of the trust pretty much since the day it started. Um, and I may have been persuaded by a, a socially relaxed chap in a pub um, with a wax jacket on and a, a hat to, uh, to join that who lives not too far from me. Um, and I, I, I think the association with, with, with that is great. I mean, um, I, th I think the CPO is, is critical. I th I'm still upbeat about the club. I'm still upbeat about the future of it. I, it may not be littered with the same level of glory for a few years, but like I said, um, billionaires don't buy failure generally, um, and they won't be interested in that sort of thing. I think also we we'll go back to this whole relationship. I mean, every friendship, every person I'm talking to on on, on here, every person that I meet in the cock. Uh, or in the Atlas after a game. Every one of those has, you know, that's come through Chelsea, through me being a, a, a gob on a stick uh, on Twitter, um, having to introduce myself by my proper name instead of Grocer Jack, all those sort of things. And this has been going on for years. And, and you know, I, I, Martin will be the same. Mark will be the same. You're the same. Um, you know, sometimes it could take us half an hour to walk from the door of the cock to the bloody garden because we know so many people. There are relationships, that have, and you, JK, of course, absolutely. Well, you're mobbed wherever you go, JK. You've just got that, you've just got that aura about you. Um, but, I, you know, that's how important it is. I, mean, I think it was Adam who mentioned the thing about, you know, the community, the stuff that, that, that it's more, it's more, you know, we, we've had this debate on here before. It's a business. Let's get that straight. We're always going to be a business. Modern football is a business. Modern football clubs are businesses or whatever. Fans will be looked at by those um, to some degree as customers or clients or whatever you want to call them. But we know what we are. And I will just quote Danny Baker. The only thing I know, I know he's a, you know, a lot of Chelsea fans don't like him, but you've got to remember this. We're the only people that pay to go in the ground. We're the only people that pay to actually go in and watch the match. That's why we're important and why we're more than just a, a, a commoditized group of people who, you know, you can rip off or whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I don't care. I've, I, my one thing I would say is I've, I'm, I have been quite annoyed about and I've tweeted about it this week is, is when people will go, we don't want a Yank running the club. We don't want a Turk running the club. We don't want an Arab running the club. We don't want a Swiss bloke running the club. Um, it, that's their background is irrelevant and I've even know someone who I know pretty well come on has been on today and said we need a, a proper football person well Roman Abramovich wasn't a proper football person right 
you know, he was going to buy it. It's well documented. Spurs. That shows how much he knew about football all the time. <laughs> he, he bought us, right? Um, I don't think that's relevant. What is important is that they have a plan. They have a strategy. They have the funding, um, and, and they get Chelsea. Yeah. You know, otherwise we're in danger of becoming Newcastle fans. With the we we must have a Geordie owning the club. No, it's no, I, I get that, Tony, and yeah. I, I agree with that. Martin, you wanted to come in quickly. Yeah, it's just really on the na- the nationalism side of it. I wouldn't subscribe to that. It's, it, I don't care what nationality are, but they need to not be. Well, but personally, if you go, whoever comes in should be subject to the same scrutiny as Roman has been. So, this Nick Candy character selling high-end properties in central London. Well, who's he fucking sold them to? Russians. Can, exactly. Um, firstly, um, on the American side of it, I don't know too much about Todd Burley, but... Um, Oh, thank you. Glad you told me how to pronounce it at last. I, I saw a, 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 a Bowley or Burley. Someone said Burley, so I'm following just, that. Let's just call him Ted Lasso and be done with that's it. Yeah, no, that's the new Leeds manager, Burley, isn't it? Burley, is he related to Craig? I fucking <laughs> hope not. Um, but the more the other prick, Woody Johnson, was oh, the one I yeah. wanted to avoid. For yeah. one, he has experience of owning a sports... Oh, I'm going to get sick as I say this, but a sports franchise in the New York Jets, and he's made an absolute pig's ear of it. Um, it's Clayton's favourite American football team. So if you want to hear him go on, ask him. But more pertinent, he was a, the ambassador for the UK under the Donald Trump oh, yeah. administration. So Trump's links to Putin and alleged compromise is quite... You well, know, Martin, obvious. I, I got a I got a WhatsApp from my old mate right, Michael Roban who. You were going to say you got a warning to make me stop. No, 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 no. Well, you, you, his lawyer's on the phone. You, fuck. Yeah. No, 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 no. Anybody, any, I'm sorry, but anybody called Woody Johnson cannot be taken seriously. No, absolutely. Let's not. think about that for a minute. Shall we? But Martin, Martin, I got, I got, a, I got a WhatsApp, I got a WhatsApp message from dear old Michael Roban, who you will probably remember. You're probably the only one here of us. Oh uh, yeah, who I, remember I, I, I remember that particular day and the, the ticket incident. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fucking My, hell. Old friend used to come and sit on the benches whenever he came to London, and uh, used, I used to call him our, our Los Angeles Chelsea correspondent. Anyway, I haven't heard from him for ages. I got this from him literally uh, today actually goodness me no no it wasn't today it was it was yesterday he says hey chidge uh, great last podcast i'm deeply concerned about the sale of the club my understanding is that woody johnson the owner of the nfl jets is trying to buy the club this would be a terrible thing woody is an atrocious human being and a genuine moron he is a rich kid heir to the johnson and johnson family fortune and was most recently trump's ambassador to the uk Apparently, his sole job was to try and get the Orange Menace, the British Open, at his Scottish golf course. He is a twat of the highest order, and the Jets have been a laughingstock since he owned the team. I'm afraid that our beloved club will enter a period of great incompetence and will itself become a laughingstock. Everything Roman has built successfully will be destroyed. Woody hires terrible people who make terrible decisions. He's also a racist and a total piece of shit. Let's pray he is not the guy. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, and my my concern about American owners in general is just based on the history of them here. I mean, with the possible exception of Randy Lerner, they have all been, in terms of how they've funded their takeover, they've pretty much nearly fucked the club over in the process. Yeah. You know, if someone like that comes in and it's a leveraged takeover, 
congratulations, we will be where Manchester United are within a few years yeah. and paying basically any revenue the club generates isn't going to be used yeah. to invest. It's going to be used to pay to basically pay them a salary. Yeah. So if fair, you want, Fenway, if, Fenway Sports Group is... I, I was going to say yeah. Fenway's the exception, but you get a few weirdos on Twitter who probably dig into them. But if you want to be like Man U under the Glazer, if you want to be like Liverpool were under... Um, the Gillette. H- Hicks. Hicks, and, Hicks and Gillette, who were also people who owned sports teams. I think one of them was a baseball team, a auto, a NASCAR team. Yes, they've got experience owning sports teams, but if they're financial model is basically to make them money it's not going to be in the best interest of the club for all of Roman's faults and as obviously there are plenty both as as his political associations some of his managerial sackings I completely disagree with there's no as a custodian of the club he did a good job in comparison to them and that's what's going to that is what that's what's going to make any takeover hard for me to deal with because Whoever comes in, whether it's British Brexit supporter, whoever that is, whether it's an American f- sports franchise mogul, whether it's a hedge fund, whether it's a Turk with billions, whether it's a Saudi um, Gulf state, oil fit, oil state, it's not going to be as what we've had. And mm-hmm. the change is going to be hard to adjust to and unsettling, probably for a considerable amount of time. Yeah. But irrespective, as long as Chelsea then as long as CPO are there Chelsea do not die because even if it goes to shit and a Phoenix club emerges we've got the freehold yeah spot on Martin so eloquently put uh and and I would I would add well I I, I can't add anything to that it was superb uh Adam sum up sum up your feelings and thoughts that's not fair Chidge what what not fair, but Martin, you just said we can't add anything to that. And then you say, no, but, but, but add, 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 well, yeah, that's why I said it. You, you've been in, you've been in radio long enough to know when a presenter has got no fucking idea what to say, he just dumps it on somebody else. That's how it works. Uh, I think I said everything I needed to earlier. Um, no, I just, you know, we'll see where we go over the next week uh, and the next two weeks, and. and Without trying to slip into too much sort of football cliche parlance, I think you, we do actually have to take it sort of day by day at the moment and see uh, see what happens tomorrow. Uh, Rain, the, the merchant bank who are handling all this, uh, did sort of put pause on on the sale for twenty four sort of the best part of twenty four hours just to sort of get their ducks in a row after the sanctions. I still think there's an expectation now it will uh, it will move forward. Um, who it moves forward towards. As we've you know talked about plenty over the last uh, couple of hours, it will all become apparent um, in the days and, and weeks ahead. And and as Martin said, we don't know exactly who it's going to be and, and what their background is, but you'd like to think that it will be uh, an owner or an ownership group who who do work with the fans. Um, and as you said, the supporters trust are doing an incredible amount of work and are trying their very best to ensure that whatever happens through this takeover, uh, that supporters are represented, uh, that supporters are included, and that supporters are, are important in, in what happens to the future of, of Chelsea Football Club, um, as it should be. And yes, it will be different. Um, you know, I said earlier, I don't think Chelsea will ever get another Roman Abramovich. It was unique and it was <coughs> controversial, um, and like it or not, and a lot of people don't like it, it was successful. Um, now we won't have that as a club. We'll have a very different direction, I'm sure. But 
the hope is it will be as as maybe not as successful, but still as enjoyable for all of us as supporters to be able to go to Stamford Bridge and watch a team that we like under a head coach that we very much like, uh, with players that we very much like. And that, I think, in my opinion, as of right now, as of, of the past week, being able to to know in, in, in August that we'll be able to go and watch a team at Stamford Bridge under Thomas Tuchel with players that we, that we really love, that's kind of what I'm hoping for at the moment. Yeah, well said, Adam. Well said. I was just going to pick up, actually. I remember what I was going to say after after what Martin was saying. I mean, one thing I think, and I mean, again, you've been close to this, uh, I, I think. I think that Chelsea under Roman has become a world-class operation. You know, he's a lot of the positions he's put in the club, whether it's on or off the pitch, have been world-class. You know, for example, Steve Atkins is a, is a world-class communications guy. Marina's clearly world-class at what she does. Uh, and you can say that throughout the club and every facet of the club it is world class it is not broken it therefore does not need fixing and therefore if a new owner did come in I really fear that they will chuck out the baby with the bathwater. I was just going to add uh, we've obviously eulogised about how well Thomas Tuchel has had all of this in the last couple of weeks I think we also should, should make a point of Emma Hayes yeah. on, on the women's side has also uh, handled this absolutely wonderfully and she was arguably put into an even more awkward position at the start of, of this fortnight when she was uh, one of the trustees who the, the club was suddenly lumped upon um, very unexpectedly. So, um, as you say, yeah, Roman Abramovich has put some very, very good people into very important positions at Chelsea. Hopefully they're all uh, around for the foreseeable future to help any transition and to make sure that Chelsea remain one of the best teams in Europe. Yeah, here, here. Um, JK, as is as is customary on the Chelsea fan cast, I, I always leave the last word to the most important person on the show. Uh, so I'm going to finish the show. No, no. So uh, I want to hear from you. I, I want to... <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about Emily on the train to... Uh... <laughs> I do apologise. Um, no, in all seriousness, because I, I respect... I mean, you know, like I said earlier on, you've been supporting the club much longer than any of us, and I always deeply respect what you have to say, and, and on, on, all, on all fronts, really. So it'd be interesting to hear how you would sum up this evening, mate. Well, I, I, was, I was sort of trying to say earlier I, I, that this is another episode in, you know, life's adventure. You just sort of deal with it and think, oh, that's going to happen, is it? I mean, I, I'm... I'm uh, I'm I'm still worried about the escalation of the war. I think that's uh, that's something that may overtake all our decisions. Yes, and um, uh, you know this may all be these may all be pipe dreams because it just gets worse and worse. And if war's declared, or he he interacts with some kind of nuclear device, then you know I think everything gets suspended. I think we're not having any kind of discussion about and well I don't know what occurs at that level. But I mean. Um, you can be sure, as you were saying, Adam, that they're they're working twenty four hours to try and find a, a solution for this at Chelsea because it's so important for them. It's so important for their livelihoods. I mean, they may have an an inkling that they're going to carry on working there if if they've get the if they've excuse me managed to um, um, uh, point out um, a possible buyer who is interested who ticks many of Abramovich's boxes. So. Uh, but once again, we're we're ignorant of what's going on there. Well, I mean, I can, uh, you know, I, you you just accept that. I mean, I foolishly have bought my season ticket for next year, which was you'll uh, be the only one there, mate. I was going to. Funnily enough, I was hoping that would be the case. Actually, that would be great if I because <laughs> I can legitimately say, no, hang on, 
I thought you'd be there, Adam, as a press representative. I can say, yeah. no, 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 I'm not paying to get in. I've already paid. I paid, I paid pre-sanctions. No, 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 I'm, I'm there. Um, and I sent this to the account manager and he just put ha, ha, ha back, which was very unfair. Um, but yeah, so uh, I can't sum up in the, uh, the consummate way that everybody else has done. All I can add is a, a little cherry on the cake, which is just to say, um, uh, uh, I hope we have a, uh, a positive outcome from a purchaser as soon as possible. But um, my fear is that events may overtake us. Mm. In which case they'll overtake every other football club as well. Indeed, they will indeed. indeed. That was my that was my I'm point. Reference, so well, yeah. I, I tell you what. I mean, you know, it's 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 we're getting some lovely comments on on Mixler, of course, and and I, I know that uh, we might not be as analytic as other podcasts or as stat driven or or or, or as po faced or as serious or whatever. But I, one thing I do know about this show because people have told me this for years and years and years that when the shit hits the fan at Chelsea, we we do offer a quite a cathartic space for people to just, you know, really, I don't know, kind of work through it, I suppose. Mm. And I'm very delighted that that's what we offer. But there you go. Um, and you boys have been, I'm so glad we have more than more than the, the usual three of us tonight. And uh, I think it helps when there's a lot of, a lot of, I mean, you lot are all brilliant anyway, but it, it helps when there's, a, there's more of us, we get all the points in that way. Um, but I, I, first of all, I'd like to, like to thank Adam because Adam's done, I mean, Adam's had, I mean, a completely crazy week i know this for a fact uh and he's knackered and yet he's and he normally does like half an hour with this and he's been here for the whole the whole bitter two hours adam so you deserve a medal mate but thank you so much for coming yeah, on well done adam no thank you guys I've, I've enjoyed it and it's it has been cathartic so thank you and that that pillow adam's not far away now mate you can get <laughs> down on that <laughs> Well, yes, I'll get a few hours sleep, and then my three-year-old will, will wake me up. It's my, it is, I do have a day off tomorrow, do you which I, I say in hope at the moment that yeah. nothing will stop it. Well, I hope yeah, so. Um, that potential. Before you go, uh, is, has my article gone up yet? No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It will at some point. Is it, I'll is make it, sure it happens. Is it down to you? Because I feel really awful that it's just down to you. Uh, partly, but yes, I'll make sure it goes up All right. uh, tomorrow. Yeah, it's by just, one way or the other. One way or the other. I, I, I feel gazumped by bloody. What do you call him, Martin? Miggy Deluni. <laughs> Miggy Deluni. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I love him really, but I do have to take the piss out of some of his um, more eccentric angles at times. What? He basically reminds me of a kid who drinks too much Red Bull at times. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, the piece he wrote in the indie. I mean, I wrote that piece two days before he did, and it's better. <laughs> But anyway, you'll have to wait until Adam's had the time to put it up, bless him. And I feel terrible for, for, for kind of annoying him about it. But he's very kind to me and I do love him for it. But Adam, no, brilliant to see you as always. You've, you've been absolutely stunning tonight. Martin, I can't tell you how lovely it is for me and I'm sure all of us to see you back on this show and looking in rather rude health. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, it's been a, been a long time. I mean, at the time I was um, obviously unwell, I wasn't going to any games, so I've not apart from the League Cup final recently, um, missing beating Tottenham three times in two weeks and been stuck watching it on a telly is, um, wasn't fun, but far less fun was following the World Club Cup in a in a hospital bed on a really crap, uh, a really crap um, 4G feed. So, um, yeah, uh, it's really good. I'll pre you a few shows and I'm not doing anything else. So well, if you do need any extra in the next few weeks, you know where I am. <laughs> well, we, we always love to see you. And you, you do know that I've not been going to games in solidarity with you, don't you? Thank you, comrade. That's all right. <laughs> uh, 
it's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, I've, got a fistful of, I've got a fistful of tablets in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Meehan, an absolute delight, as always, to have you on the show with a bit of, of historical perspective and, of, dare I say, you know, fresh from your the book that you wrote that uh, we can't quite remember, uh, your financial viewpoint as well, Mark. It's brilliant having you on. Thank you. Uh, uh, just, just one thing we, we should mention, because it was in the script tonight, and just more reminder, because... There is a danger with everything going on that this could easily get forgotten about because Chelsea fans doing good things for their community isn't necessarily a good story at the moment. But actually, just more of a reminder. They've uh, been the asleep. Big sleep out. Yeah. We'll translate. The big sleep out. March 26th. Saturday night. 26th of March. In aid of our neighbor, Or if you just want to sponsor someone, please do so as well. And if you want to come along on... Sunday, pop along to see Marco on the stall. There might be a little surprise. If you can't buy a programme, bring some sausage and mash with you. There might be something you can purchase that will benefit the people from the stall, and I'll say no more from that. We're not allowed we'll to be... say anything. We're not allowed to say anything, but we'll be able to say something tomorrow. What right. we guess? Tomorrow. Can we guess? Can we guess? We can guess. Vegan cheese. No. Vegan <laughs> cheese. It's something that will keep you occupied for a while and you'll need to spend 10 English pounds on it, right, Mark? And all of the pounds goes to the Stoll charity, right? Correct. And I, I, I can safely say when you see it for the first time, it will blow your socks off. Good. There you go. Uh, and I can I can tell you something else about that in a minute without revealing what it is. But, uh, Tony, as always, delightful to see you, mate. You've been on fine form tonight. It's been a pleasure. And, and thank you for extending the invite, I think, because... Um, I think at times like this, um, uh, I'm under pressure to get the, cent- cent- the century episode of the Podding Shed off the ground. Um, and Martin's just made the terrible error of telling me he's got nothing much on at the moment. So um, there could be. I, I, I do have a. I do have a. I do have a doctor's note, Tony. So bad yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's been a pleasure. It's great uh, because not knowing the full facts, it's great to see Martin back. Um, he's he's definitely got a touch of the Gary Barlow's about him tonight, and he's got that kind of you know, swarthy kind of look about him, you know, that they'll, they'll be, if you're there, I pay, Sunday... I, I pay my fucking taxes. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're there Sunday, mate, I'm sure that they, 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 they'll be falling at your feet. Um, but it's, yes, it's, an, it's an uneven pavement outside Stanford Bridge, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's been, it's been, uh, you know, it's a privilege to be involved with this and to be able to, you know, that I think was important. That note you said about the cathartic side, it's been cathartic for me as well. So I think that's a that's a brilliant, brilliant thing to be involved with. And if we can, you know, keep keep the blue flag flying high and its pecker up for those people who uh, are listening. But, but not its woody. Definitely not its woody. woody but no. at a distance who, who aren't, you know, there at the club, who can't find out what the atmosphere is like or, or, you know, feel a bit isolated away from everything that's going on right here in the vicinity of the place. Um, then I think that's this great service, and and it's you know a pleasure to be able to do that and bring that to people. So, yeah, thanks for let, letting me come on. No pleasure, mate. You know that. Uh, and uh, last but by no means least, uh, Jonathan, um, absolutely. Well, I've had the pleasure of your company twice today, haven't I? Once we were talking about Jimmy Greaves together, and and now two hours of this. But it's I feel I feel a lot better after all of this. Well, the you've you've got a crack team on tonight, Chich. Mm. Uh, outstanding, brilliant. Well, there we go. Um, stuff, guys, fantastic. I was going to say, actually, J.K., that you know, in the in the uh, appalling event that uh, you know Putin manages to uh, vaporize us all, uh, I would sincerely hope that you and I are doing the Chelsea fancast at the time that it happens. 
I would feel I would feel a lot better to be vaporized knowing that I was bitching about Chelsea for you know. Very sweet of you, and I, I take that as a as a lovely compliment. It is. It's meant as one, and, and a, a symbol of the love between yeah, us. Absolutely. That, that go- isn't 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 that what happens to um, Sean Connery at the end of The Rock, the film with Nicolas Cage? He gets vaporized. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I'll be Sean Connery. No, you be Sean Connery. I'll be Nick Cage. All right. Oh, can I've I be got, the I've Rock? Just, I've just no. It's not. not the... <laughs> What? I've just got I've just got this vision of Jonathan being mid Werner rants and then the world yeah, ending. Exactly. <laughs> what a way to go, man. What a way to go. I'd rather be having a refs anti refs rant yeah. if that was okay. Can I be doing that? Well, well I tell you what, we'll get everybody who listens to the fan cast to, to vote in a poll. What would be what would be your favourite Jonathan uh, kid rant to listen to? Because of course there's a massive choice. Should we all be vaporized at the time or in the middle of it and see what see what they come up with? Yeah. I'd, I'd be interested. Anthony. Anthony Taylor, Timo Werner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there are many choices, but yeah. Uh, yeah, bless you, mate. It's been lovely to see you. It's much needed show tonight, so well done, uh, well done, you all. Well done to you lot uh, in Mixler too, especially for your comments. And uh, uh, Norway, very blue. I'm so glad your daughter was listening to that, and I hope it cheered her up. You know, never be, never be ashamed of supporting this club. There are far too many good people and decent people in it to ever feel ashamed about supporting this club. And I hope you get to support it for as long as we all have, my dear. Anyway, uh, right, JK and I will be back on Monday, of course, uh, for the main Chelsea Fancast show. Guess what? We're going to be with Mark Worrell and Mark Meehan again. And there's a reason for that, because by that time, they will be able to reveal what Mark was mysteriously talking about that will be available at the CFC UK store on Sunday for only £10 and will keep you royally entertained. But uh, we'll tell you far more about that on Monday. Uh, We'll also be looking back at the Newcastle match, of course, and, of course, we'll be looking ahead to the Lille match. Providing, of course, we still have a football club by that. There's, uh, do you know what? Even if we don't have a football club, we'll come on on Monday and talk about it anyway. Because that's what we do. So, yeah. thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Love the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.